Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 243. I'm Dave and I'm here with Richard. Rich, how are you going? I'm hanging in there, mate. I'm yeah, there. hanging in on the retail front, on the retail war front, yeah? Yes, on the on the fake Black Friday in <laughs> Australia. Well, I, I don't know why you... I mean, I know why you don't like it, but Black Friday is great for consumers. I went into the city on Friday morning. It was pouring. Uh, I went into Connect Connect and Kings, and I picked up Spider-Man stuff from both of them. I mean, for consumers, it's fantastic. For... Uh, as, I, as I said, my biggest problem is is our biggest sale was always supposed to be um, Boxing Day. Right. And the the retail industry is trying to have their cake and eat it, mm. or eat their cake and have it, which is the correct, uh, correct way to say that. Um, mm. Because what they're doing is, all they're doing is just bringing, they're just bringing the sale forward. Yeah. But then they still want to have the Boxing Day sale. Why can't even they do both? Even can't the, they just get enough stock? We, because we'll chew through most of our stock. Right. And we won't probably get stock in a lot of stock back in before the Boxing Day, but yet we'll still have to be open and I'll still have to start 8 a.m. Right. Boxing Day, yeah. even though we've already done most of the sales now. Is Boxing Day sales just a day? No, it goes for like a week. Right. I, I, I'm out of the loop. I don't really follow it that closely because I must admit I like Black Friday and I like Cyber Monday. Um, but the thing is, it, yeah. it, it, it goes for the week, but everyone suffers from FOMO, mm. which is fear of missing out. Yeah. So everyone's going to get it in the first day or two. Yeah. But the sale will go for the week and, you know, it's just, they were going to just keep telling customers towards the end of it, sorry, got no stock, sorry, got no stock, sorry, got no stock, sorry, got yeah. no stock. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds tough, man. Um, Yeah, it sounds awful, actually. I feel for you during that during that period. Well, my, yeah. my shortest shift this week has been 10 hours. Wow. Okay. And do you, are you, do you get paid hourly for that? Yeah, but it's still tiring. <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering. Like, yeah, I would I'd, I'd, I'd give back the money and take the time. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. At least you, uh, one thing is, at least you live close to work, so you can you're not taking time on a commute. You can basically just come home and collapse. You know. Well, well, that's why I moved closer to work because. Yeah. Oh my god, getting up so like honestly, getting up so early and doing those long shifts and then having to travel home, I was just like, nah, we need to. I need to find a place closer to work. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, you're you're lucky. Uh, you only live. I mean, I don't want to disclose your location, but it's only a couple of lock blocks from from the store, so it's good. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Now, uh, look, I'm warmed up today because Ray, God of the Game, Ray came on and we did uh, a chat about the Australian cricket team, uh, Richard, which you know, a topic very close to my heart and Ray's heart, but it was about, and now you'll know this, I know you're a South African, uh, you know, and South African supporter, but um, they did, you know the Ashes, Richard, obviously, Australia-England's big rivalry uh, every two years. So... Um, they did, Cricket Australia and Fox Sports did a best of Australian Ashes team in the last 20 years. So out of the Australians, the best, you know, to, to form like an ultimate Ashes squad. Um, and somehow they didn't include Steve Wall, which in just sent me into just, uh, just I would almost describe as anger. And uh, I contacted Ray and said, we have to rectify this. So we convened a selection panel today and went through the squad and selected our squad's um, for the last 20 years, and then we did the last 40 years as well. Um, we weren't messing around, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess, but I mean, it's, I suppose it depends on who they pick, because 
obviously you, you want to also reduce redundancy. Dude, they Steve Waugh averages over sixty against England, and they picked Michael Clark ahead of him, who averages forty, and contributed know, a lot if, less. If, sorry, if I thought maybe they'd picked like an older, um, you know, like a um, a border or something like that, because then I'd be like, okay, well, you know, maybe that's yeah. why. But if it's Clark, then no, then I don't. Agree. Yeah, it's it's the last twenty. Yeah, it's Clark. It's like Michael Clark. Like seriously, I'd pick Mark Waugh ahead of Michael Clark. You know, I'd pick Stephen Markwell. I, I don't understand why we're going away from those two. Um, I wasn't happy. But anyway, it was a fact. Look, you've got to listen to the episode, Rich. Um, I just put it up. Uh, you will enjoy it because it's a pure cricket lover's chat, if you know what I mean. There's, outside of that, we, we range very widely. Uh, Pat Simcox gets a mention from Ray. Um, Patty Simcox. Yeah, the South African uh, off-spinner, wasn't he, from memory? Um, mm-hmm. Good player, actually. Uh we actually we actually mentioned just how dangerous the South African teams were in the nineties. It comes up in the conversation. I, I consider them they were they were almost on our equals, really. It was very, well, very close. The the problem for us is that uh our our I'm not joking, our strongest team, which would have been a will beater, mm. uh, was our strongest team during um Apartheid. Uh, apartheid and the um the, like the boycotts and all that. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you had we, like very uh, we had literally had some of the best players in the world, like the yeah, best. Did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and they couldn't play anyone or compete in anything because well, like Graham Pollock, you know, like if we go back to yep. the seventies, like you, you had you're right. That South African team, which for understandable reasons was banned, was extremely strong. Um, yep. Yeah, and those players all played mostly all played um, uh, county cricket. Some played Australian cricket, like Sheffield Shield. Uh, Kepler Vessels gets a mention from me as an extremely good opener. Um, mm-hmm. I mentioned him. I, I, I say, like, we've we got JL in the squad. I, I said, if you wanted someone in the Justin Langer mould, Kepler Vessels, geez, he could hold his wicket against some pretty ferocious bowling at times, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm not saying he was the most naturally gifted, but but he was he was a rock at the crease as far as I was concerned. And I'm sure you saw a lot more of him than me because he went back to South Africa. Um, you know, yeah, but he, when he came back, it was towards the end of his career. Like yeah. his best days were in Australia. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, he was a good player. Um, yeah, but um, so we 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 covered that, and um, um, it was fascinating. And Ray brought up the smiling assassin Terry Alderman. Uh, I brought up Jeff Lawson, Craig McDermott. It was just great to roll around the old names, you know. Um, well, if anyone's interested about any any non cricketers who are interested in <laughs> cricket, uh, they'll probably get a bit of a. I'm sure they'll enjoy. If they're I'm sure they'll enjoy it. And like to our US listeners, I know that they're good. I think they'll appreciate the passion which we came in at because Ray and I were coming in off the long run, you know, because we were incensed about the Steve Waugh fiasco. Uh, mm-hmm. And I and I said the person who selects the team should be brought up in front of the board and publicly reprimanded. Um, perhaps you know, you know, I I, I don't want to go further than that, but I do feel there needs to be maybe an official correction, something along those lines. Uh, that's what I'm pushing for. Um, but anyway, uh, outside of that, Rich, has this, this week just been non-stop for you, non-stop uh, work, retail, yeah. sales? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is one of my busiest weeks, and then I get maybe about a two, two three-week break, and then it's like just mad for the next two weeks after that. Yeah. And I will mention that um, we're going to have a couple of weeks off over Christmas, so we'll do a Christmas episode sort of a week before Christmas because I'm, I'm actually going away for a full week so we will have a break uh over the christmas period of just like we did last year you know like a two-week break time to recharge 
you know, watch the cricket, relax, sip a margarita, um, and then we'll come back refreshed in the new year. So Signal, you know, we do blaze constantly, and believe you me, if there are stories, forward them to me, because, uh, you know, like, at any time of day or night, you know what I'm saying? Like, But I will be, Richard, out of range. Uh, we're going away to a remote retreat kind of thing um, and with uh, Michelle and myself and uh, our dog. And, um, you know, it's obviously not camping. This is me we're talking about. But in these <laughs> nice cabins and stuff. And, like, so we're going to be we're gonna be off the grid, man, for, for, for a week, which I think will be a lot of fun, personally. I'm looking forward to it, you know. Um, a lot of It'll bush, be lots of fun. Yeah, a lot of bushwalking and stuff like that. So, you know, th- th- there'll be that two-week break, but that's not until later in December. We'll do, we'll do a show... Before I go, so around the around the eighteenth or something, we'll do a we'll do a Christmas show and then we'll have a bit of a break. Now, for me, Rich, uh, you've seen the reports from me. I'm deep, deep, deep in the Clone Saga, Spider Man, um, Judas Traveler. Uh, I am so invested in this guy and his craziness. Do you know much about Judas Traveler, Rich? Not too much, no. Wow, he he's um, you, you made the comment which sparked my interest, ironically. You said that the Traveller or the Collector brought the symbiote to Battleworld, I believe you were saying. Something along those lines. Uh, like, something along those lines you were sort of speculating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something and, like, I can't couldn't, I couldn't remember exactly, but yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I just, like, Traveller, and I was like, I know that name, because he'd been... Because I'm reading the Clone Saga, and he'd been in it, and now I'm deep in it. I'm up to book four of the Clone Saga now and uh judas travel is massive jmd mateus uh created him and uh had him as a big bad but after jm leaves the book they sort of downplay traveler and he never turns up again but he it's interesting um basically how jm setting him up and stuff and like he's very powerful uh in in the comics extremely powerful almost got god level powers uh he's kind of got reality warping powers and stuff like that like it's um it's a pretty fascinating character actually and I gotta say, I'm I'm in book four of the Clone Saga, Rich, and I'm enjoying it. You know, no, the I gotta say, the Clone Saga was really good. It's just that, you know, I, I'm beating a dead horse, but they mm. just got greedy. Yeah, they just kept they they, milking it. You know, it, it was a good idea for an event, but it overstayed its welcome. At and, the t- and then it just kind of uh, fell off the, you know, the wheels fell off. Yeah, I've got a question for you because I, I must admit I wasn't picking up the title, the Spider-Man title in this period. I was aware of the Clone Saga because it went for so long. Now, what I'm reading is the first five volumes and then there's another six volumes of Ben Riley, which mm. I, I, I'm imagining by that point, that's when they tried to reboot it with just Ben Riley as Spider-Man, yeah? And um, what I'm trying to sort of say is, is that where you're feeling that by that point they started running out of gas by that that sequence? I think it was a little bit before that. I think they they did drag the the clone saga itself out a bit yes. too long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before they got to the Ben Riley, and then by the time they got to the Ben Riley, people were kind of over the whole. Yeah, the the whole story. I think. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting. Like, I mean, yeah, they really did. Like, I mean, if they filled up five now, the thing is, these these epic they're not epic collections per se, but they're called the Clone Saga epic collection. There's five of them. Um, they collect everything. Which, including all the miniseries, which is why I think they take up so many pages, because it collects everything. And JM leaves uh, on about Amazing Spider-Man four oh, I want to say four oh seven or four oh eight, 
and 400 is the one where Aunt May dies. And geez, he does a great issue with Aunt May. And what I didn't realise was, his in his storyline, Aunt May goes up to um, Empire State Building with Peter and she tells Peter she knows and has known for years that he's Spider-Man and she's happy for him, um, which w- was news to me. And then she passes away and obviously they brought her back. And I remember uh, JMS's early 2000s run where she finds out and she's devastated and i read that and always thought that was the reveal um you know and she always hated spider-man and she finds out and she's really shattered sort of thing about it but i prefer jm's one where she discloses to him where she knows she's about to die you know because she's struggling and she tells you i never understood yeah like uh, i like that idea because i never understood why she would hate spider-man yeah, well, like if if it was say common knowledge, right? Let's say in his first outing as Spider Man, that resulted in in uh, Uncle yes. Ben's death. Yes, then I could understand why he has to keep it secret mm. and why she has like this hate boner yeah. for for Spider Man. But it, it, I, I always just felt like I didn't understand why they changed it or kind of to be like, um, oh, she hates him, and it's like, but why? Is it like, because she's uh, kind of a victim almost of the press? Like J. 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 Jonah Jameson's like media kind of thing. I mean, maybe I don't yes, know. I'm just but, speculating. I, I but, but but wouldn't you say that it would does Aunt May really strike you as that? Like of what you've read of Aunt May, does she strike you as the person who lets the media dictate what she? Not particularly, but I mean, she strikes me as someone that. who's she's kind of an old biddy, but she's always obsessed with Peter and loves Peter like more than anything. That's her character, you know. I I I I've always hated that they made her so old. <laughs> it's just, it's more like a great grandma, May. Well, that's <laughs> my point. Like I could understand. Like I just don't understand why they just didn't make it his grandmother and grandfather yeah i, I never understood the whole uncle ben and on because it's like his parents were much younger than them yeah by, by like, like a country mile <laughs> i mean i'm going off a tangent here but i just never understood the whole point of making her this like literally like 80 year old woman yeah she's like she is really old um i must say the woman who played her in the toby Maguire movies did a fantastic job that really felt like an off-the-page rendition of aunt may you know yeah uh, she did like I, I, I kind of want a happy medium. Like I kind of that that's still too old for me. But then also the um, Marissa Tomei. Uh, yeah, I kind of feels too young. I like her that rich. I like her a lot. I know, no, no, no. I'm not talking about <laughs> Marissa Tomei, like the person. Yeah, the the the, the idol of many. Aunt Hottie is as day. I'm just yeah. saying, like I kind of wanted more in the middle of of sort of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what it, did you like, Sally Field? Uh, she was Aunt May in. Uh, the... Actually, yes, that was that was probably more in line with what I would have pictured an Aunt May like age wise. Yes, yeah. actually, yes, Sally Fields would have. Is actually, I forgot about her because I kind of forget about the Garfield one sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's that was pretty much perfect. I thought that was yeah, that that was perfect casting for me in terms of age. It was a good one. Um, yeah, I liked them all as usual. Now uh, it is Spider Man fever for me. So during, uh, so you should have seen me on Black Friday. I had everything all lined up. I. I rolled into the city. I, I, you know, I got in there early. Uh, it was raining. I thought, good, that's going to keep the real early punters away from Kinnear <laughs> and Kings. And it was pouring, you know. So I got set up at work, did some work, and then I left the office at like uh, two to ten. And and Kings Comics is, uh, it's it's really close to work. It's right by where I get my coffee, so it's 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 like less than five minutes walk. Um, and I went and uh, I popped in there. It was pouring rain, popped in there, bang, straight in the store. 
uh, zipped up to King's looking for Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus 2. So the John Romita Sr., when he came on to it, um, you know, it's, so I, I only had Amazing Spidey Omnibus 1 on my shelf because I checked, and I wanted to get all the Amazing Spider-Man Omnibuses as they come out. So I they had two. Now, I for those who don't know King's Comics, uh, premier comic book location in Sydney, they have their Omnis downstairs, Rich, which I've forgotten or just... They either changed it or I didn't know. And so they're downstairs with the back issues. Um, so I went down there and I actually... It was in the warehouse, so I ordered it online uh, and I got the discount. So I got The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, then I went to Kinekinia, picked up the Clone Saga Omnibus Volume 1, Rich, um, mm-hmm. which it, well, I've been, had my eye on a long time and I regret not getting it earlier. But then at the same time, I got 20% off Got that. Um, amazing. I, I'm going to wait for the Clone Saga Omnibus Volume 2 to be reprinted again. I'm sure it will be. I mean, all these Spider-Man things will get reprinted in time. Um, and then, uh, not to be finished, uh, yes, on the same day, my Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus 5 got delivered. Uh, so mm-hmm. I now have w- uh, 1, 2, 5. And uh, my Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus 3 is on the way from Amazon. So the only one I won't have is four, which, again, will be reprinted. And my Untold Tales of Spider-Man by Kurt Busiak Omnibus also turned up on Friday. So yeah. it has been... That's a lot. A lot of Spidey, but I've, it's pretty much all I've been reading. Like, I'm just... I've fallen back completely in love with the character and his supporting cast and his rogues. And, you know, it, I don't know what it is about it. Like, something just flicked in me. I mean, I've always been a Spider-Man fan, so... You know, and I just, I, I suddenly thought to myself, you know, out of all the comics I've got, why don't I have, I'm going to have a fair bit of Spider-Man anyway, but but there were some gaps, and I felt they were egregious gaps. So, yeah, I, I, I went to town, and um, but you should have seen me. I am a hit-and-run merchant. I reckon I was in King's Comics less than 10 minutes to make that deal. Um, I still have my concerns about their store layout, personally. I still think upstairs they could restructure it to make it, frankly more commercial because it just seems to have a lot of non-commercial stuff cluttering it up um i just you know i like for starters i think the omnibus should be up there you know with on a complete wall kind of thing um but and in kinekinia i was in there for five minutes bang got the clone saga and in my mind i'm like come on come on come on get there get there get there thinking there's gonna be some other desperado to beat me you know what i mean but but I was that desperate. I was it was in like lightning. Spotted on the shelf, grabbed it, you know, and then I looked around, potted around. I didn't really have anything else I wanted to get. Um, yeah, and and got out of there. So it was a very successful day for me. Did you pick anything up in in the Black Friday? Or by the way, Kinnikinia and Kings are still running sales through to Monday. By the way, if anyone's interested. Uh, the only thing that I bought for Black Friday was a crockpot. <laughs> Always helpful right. if a burglar, you know, comes in, you can whack him over the No, head no, no. I, I want to start uh, making a bit more South African dishes. Okay. And a lot of South African stuff is made in a crockpot. So. Love it, Rich. Yeah, like a stew kind of thing or something? Uh, there's one, one of my favorite dishes. It's called uh, chutney chicken. Right. Okay. It's delicious. Okay, sounds nice. Wow, well, there you go. Rich is, Rich is going to be the culinary expert. Um, now, so I saw this week just gone, I saw Venom Let There Be Carnage. 
Um, I'll bring up the box office numbers while we're talking. Now, a very enjoyable film, Rich, I must say, uh, and lightweight, lighthearted, funny. It was actually quite funny. Like, I, I found myself laughing a lot. Um, it's, it's, it's not really an ambitious movie in terms of, if you liked Venom 1, you'll enjoy Venom 2. It's kind of like a slight improvement on the original. I mean, I enjoyed it. I, I, I gave it 8.5. I, I had a good time. It was fun to be back in the cinema. I don't think Michelle and I had been in the cinema for ages. I, I saw a couple of things early on in COVID, uh, by myself. Um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was fun. Now I'm looking at, uh, the... Okay, looking at the money it's made, it's made two hundred and seven million in the states, two forty eight internationally, four fifty six worldwide. So good numbers. Um, yeah, a fun, like honestly, a fun movie, basically, and lightweight, fun, and a really interesting end where you see, um, uh, basically, spoilers, kids, but um, you see, uh, what's his name, Eddie Brock in bed. And he's kind of, you know, sitting there because uh, they've been out. They've, they finishes there on a beach, basically, relaxing, kind of in the Bahamas or somewhere. And they're in a bed uh, watching TV. And then um, something happens, like an event, and they they flicker through. And then they're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and then watching on TV. And they see Peter Parker revealed as Spider-Man and as Tom Holland. And uh, Venom's like kind of almost like licking the screen. And he's like, that guy. And um, yeah, and then and it ends on that kind of open note that they're in the MCU. Um, you know, obviously tying obviously tying into Spider Man No Way Home. You know, the the multiple multiple people coming into the universe after the breakdown of the spell, um, which is in the trailer. So, I mean, what about you, Rich? Have you had a chance to see it, and have you got any desire to see it? I've had no chance to do anything. Yeah, but this last week. week. Yeah. Um, that's why I, that's why I requested a bit of uh, light reading. Like I didn't want to do a trade and all that. Yes. I just I, I didn't have the time to invest and no, no. keep track of a trade and all that. Because I literally, I'm not joking. I literally only had time. Mm. I because I, uh, I think you we picked four or five issues for this yes. week, and I literally just read one a day because that's yeah. all I had time for. So no, I haven't. Uh, I I managed to even squeeze in one more episode of the um, Wheel of Time. So oh, I've seen the second episode, but. Okay, good. Uh, I've just been too. Uh, I've been too flat out and too tired to. Yeah, no, I can just understand. Focus. Uh, now, but I will say this. I would say, I, like, I know you're not the biggest Venom fan, but if you're after a light-hearted, funny movie, it is actually quite good. Like, it it, it was better than I expected, frankly. I mean, eight point five. I wasn't anticipating to give it that high a score, but I, I think it's a solid eight point five for what it is. Now, I will say this: it's light-hearted. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't go in expecting Citizen Kane. Or touch of evil or something it's um you know it's it, it it's kind of more of a comedy than anything um then we had um in the so the trailer okay the cinematic trailer before venom for spider-man no way home had what i'm sure was cinema exclusive images of spider-man in the iron suit now i don't remember these images being in the internet trailer do you No? no, I don't think so. Yeah, well, uh, did you see the... So basically on the Facebook page uh, for Signal of Doom, I put... Do you remember the Spider-Man animated series had the Iron Suit Spider in the, in the animated series? He turned up in, like, the sort of Spider-Verse one they did. Um, are you familiar with this, Rich? 
I don't remember. Sorry, it's been a while since uh, I think it's been a week or so before I watched Weekend of Bits and I watched a trailer. Yeah. Well, so what I'm speculating, and I want to get to what I'm speculating, I'm speculating that that iron suit is 100% going to be Tobey Maguire. I'm, I'm sure it will be. There's no way they're going to have an alternate suit completely different from, you know, Tom Holland. I think the reveal will be um, Tobey Maguire. Um, I think Andrew Garfield and him will both be in it, but I think Tobey Maguire is going to be in the Iron Spider suit. And not just the Iron Spider, you know, it's an iron suit. Like, it's a reflective metallic silver suit, you know? Can I... Can, well, here's the thing. Can I... I, I just... I don't like this idea of... Uh, I, you know, People, you can call me contrarian or whatever, but I just I don't like the getting different actors, um, the different actors to come in, mm. you know, because I mean I I feel like DC is already doing that, and you know Marvel's just copying DC. But what I would have preferred Marvel to do is say, yes, okay, we're going to do the um, um, the alternate uh, versions of Spider Man, and mm. we'll use the villains, yeah, right, um, uh, from the different movies, but we'll actually get uh, Tom Holland to play like. Uh, ben Riley from one universe and he's the clone and the real Peter Parker died or something. You know what I mean? And then have the iron suit Spider-Man and, but they all played by, um, yeah, by Tom Holland. I would have preferred that than going like, Oh, we're going to get Garfield and Tobey Maguire. And it's like, no, but Spider-Man is still supposed to be the same genetic person, yeah, you know, I, unless yeah. in, in some uh, messed up thing, one of his parents maybe met someone else, but it's still supposed to be the same person, not a different, a completely different person. Yeah, like how Ben Riley looks exactly like Peter Parker because they're the same DNA. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but Rich, but that's just the, but that I know, the, I know, the, I know. The, the you know the 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 sort of sizzle is the fact that they're going to have these ultimate. Now it's not confirmed, but I think it's all but confirmed, and I do feel <laughs> I do feel like it's in it's inevitable. You know, because like they're bringing all these villains, they've got all this hype, um, you know, and I don't know. I it's it, it's going to be interesting because I I do feel now if they don't have them, it's going to be a real letdown and it's going to really hurt the movie box office. Really, I I really believe that. I think there's a big groundswell of support for this that is you know could really make this movie massive. That's that's the thing. I think there's really a potential. But there's also movie. the there's also the danger of it's it's it, it can't meet expectations as well. Yeah, but I think they're thinking about numbers as well. I think they're thinking this could be the Spider-Man movie that makes a billion dollars. You know, in a COVID, uh, well, like, COVID well, again, I mean, don't forget. Yeah, you could uh, DC has shown you can make a bundle up front. Yeah, but I don't mean that you have the legs because they, and it's just got to do with the hype. I think maybe people, you know, like even uh, Gar, you know, Andrew Garfield has basically said, look. You know, I'm I'm in it. I'm not in it. Whatever he said, but you know, he, I see, he goes either way. You're going to be disappointed. So probably, like, you know, like <laughs> he basically says, he goes, I think people are getting their expectations like far too up. That yeah. like almost the only inevitable is that you will be disappointed in some way. Oh, I hear that. So yeah. you know, so I mean, there there is a danger of that. I feel like you know, um, sure. I mean, but, what, you know, what, yeah. but, what, but, but that's the age of... we live in now, where everyone just gets like super fucking. Um, hype for everything. <laughs> and well, then, what, what there is a know. danger of too is they might turn up in one scene, you know, where people. I, I think there's more more chance of that than anything that it could be a very brief appearance. And, yeah, but but that's my point. Like it could be a brief thing where you've built it up thinking, oh, it's going to have him and this and that, and then they literally in it for like two seconds. Yeah, 
I mean, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm looking forward to it. Like, I, I, I think that this could be... I, I think Into the Spider-Verse might have shown them that there was really a potential for this kind of storyline. Like, that that movie was so successful, and I feel it's the best Spider-Man movie that's it, that has ever been in a lot of ways. I, I, I think that was mm. such a remark. I, I really do think that was a remarkably good movie and really showcased the possibility of what they could do. You know, and... I'm just saying, I think that really pushed the boat out there. Uh, and, I mean, the contenders are Spider-Man 1 and 2, the, the Sam Raimi. That's what, it's, that, that's what it's up against. It's in that territory where I think what they did was amazing. Uh, no pun intended. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, obviously, it's going to be coming out, I think, around December 18 or so, Rich, I think is the release date in Australia. Um, so it's, Something like that. It's not far away now. Um, it's going to be very interesting. Now... James Bond, uh, No Time to Die. I'm looking at the box office numbers on this. It's made $735 million worldwide, uh, $579 internationally. Always been a very strong performer in the international market, James Bond. $155 million in the States, which isn't amazing. Um, MGM are saying it's a moneymaker. People are predicting it's still made about $100 million loss just due to all the delays and the promotion and... You know, this movie was completed like two years ago. You know, it was in pre-production yeah. for years. Well, I, I would Im- I imagine that COVID would have caused some problems because you would have had to shut down production, but then you can't get rid of the stuff. So you've got to pay for maintenance or storage mm. and and license, you know, uh, license fees and all that sort of shit, which probably went on for longer. So, yeah, I mean, even though it made bank, it could have still cost more than what it initially would have had to be for COVID or something. Mm. Now, do we want to do spoilers? Because I was told a pretty remarkable spoiler about this. Do you? Are you... Uh, I don't care about spoilers. Okay. Well, we'll... I'm, I'm not planning on like, oh my God, I must see this movie. So. Well, warning for James Bond listeners, maybe jump ahead like two minutes if you're really worried about spoilers. But if you're in the tradition of Signal, which is just like, let the fucker burn down. Like, fuck it. Like, enjoy the flames burning the city. Like, really, honestly, like, for, who cares? Spoilers, so what? Bring it on. Um, get this, James Bond dies in it, man. He he, he dies at the end. Oh, uh, they wouldn't surprise me. They've been People have been speculating that they were he was handing off the reins anyway. Yeah, so no, he definitely you know, does. It's going to be Jane Bond. Well, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of speculation about that. But, yeah, like, yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the end point for, for, for... I guess it makes sense Daniel Craig has really kind of, like, been dragged to do these last couple with like big 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 paydays but you know so it's been it's a definitive end is all i can say apparently for for his character so interesting interesting decision to kill james bond on screen though that's that's all i'm saying not so much to retire him but to actually kill him on screen is a big move that's never been done before Uh, doesn't surprise me at all in this day and age no uh why you just because he's like the sexist dinosaur kind of thing is that what you mean well, that and let's be honest, most male characters are getting changed these days anyway. Well, you say what? You don't think there's going to be another James Bond who's a guy? No, I, I reckon it will be a, a, a woman. Really? Yeah. Re- you, and they won't. Yeah. They won't call it James Bond. They'll just call the, the. They'll start calling it just 007 or, uh, you know, something like that. Do you think it will have legs? I, I worry if it will have legs. That's all. I'm, that's all I'm worried about. Will the franchise uh, survive that? I, I don't think it'd have legs because I think you would have lost most of the audience that actually cared about. James that's Bond. what I'm thinking. Yeah, the, the audience is good. And, and you're definitely not going to pull in enough new ones. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm for thinking. the new thing. And that's why I don't. I just, I just don't understand. As I said, I, I know I've said this on the show before, mm. but people are missing the point. Like 
when you say, oh, we want to, you know, have more women or whatever, great, fantastic, do it. But you don't do it at the expense of your male audience and your male characters. You give everyone what they want. So that means you keep making James Bond movies, but then you create a new franchise, a brand new franchise mm -hmm. for a, a female audience with a female character so that everyone gets what they want. You yeah. don't right. you don't kill or change or take away one because you now go, well, it's a popular franchise and we want to give. Then it's like, no, but both interested parties should have their own franchise. Yeah, I'm just uh, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just wondering from a commercial standpoint if if the sort of baked on James Bond audience will turn up for that. Um, that's not to say they'll do that though. They 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 may tease they'll do it, but I I kind of think they won't do it. They'll they'll they might go a different direction, a different race. Well, but I, look, I mean, also at the same time, let's be honest. I don't think James Bond has quite the the relevance these days that it's relevant. Sorry, these days that it used to. Uh, well, when would you say its peak was? I, I'd say Sean Connery and Casino Royale that sort of had two peaks, you know, and Roger Moore in the seventies was kind of also a peak. Um, yeah, I, I Roger Moore, I would say, is definitely like uh, the height. Mm. Like uh, Sean Connery got it started. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Roger Moore continued the ball rolling. I, I think it had a bit of a peak uh, with um, Casino Royale um, with. Um, Oh, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Chris, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan was, with uh, like yeah. Goldeneye and, yeah. and and that. I think it had, it, it was kind of like it felt like James Bond was back. Yeah, but that also then started to wane as well. And you know, the last couple of ones didn't perform. Um, oh, no, they made a lot well. of money. No, no uh, his last no, one, uh, Die Another Day, well, made the most money of any James Bond. No, no, no. To that Sorry, point. when I say perform, I mean in terms of like just uh, audience happiness or yeah, uh, people enjoying the movie. Yeah, you know, sure. bad movies still make a lot of money. It's not like I don't know why people use money as a measurement of. Well, it's a measurement of, 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 of success. It's a measurement of success. You know, mm. commercial success is defined by how much it takes in box office wise. Like it's that's why they use it. That's no, no, no. But that's commercial success. But I'm just saying that doesn't make a movie good or bad if it makes a no, lot it of money. It doesn't make it good or bad, but it, it is relevant to the studios. Like basically. Oh, oh no, of yeah. course. But but like you are right. Die another day. Made an enormous amount of money, but it was it was basically kind of laughed at, you know, by by sort of like hardcore James Bond fans because they didn't like the special effects, they thought it was cheesy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, the same guy who did Goldeneye also directed Casino Royale, which I think are, are my two of my favourites, basically. Of um, yeah, yeah, Goldeneye was a uh, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I, I, I love Goldeneye. Like, I think it's a really good movie. Um, yeah, no, but, but, uh, but I, I would definitely prefer to watch uh, Piers Brosnan uh, over Daniel Craig. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not a big Daniel Craig fan, are you, Rich? No, I just don't think he was ever the right choice. Honestly, I, I really like Casino Royale and Skyfall. I, Quantum of Solace, I was lukewarm on, and I've never made it through Spectre. And I'm told to enjoy No Time to Die, you have to watch Spectre. So I'm going to watch Spectre, and then I'm going to watch No Time to Die. Um, I've got both. Can, I, can I just say that's absolute bullshit? That's what like, I'm told. I don't no, know. I'm no, told. no, no, but no other James Bond movie where uh, do you have to watch one yes, to enjoy the I other? I agree. That's absolute bullshit. But apparently, a lot there's a lot of the same characters in it, uh, from one to the other. That's what I'm told by one of my mates at work, massive, massive James Bond fan. He gave it five out of ten. He he gave it not a scathing review, but it was fairly lukewarm. Um, not not a glowing review, and I said, "Do I do do I need to see Spectre?" He goes, "Yeah," 
Otherwise, you'll feel like you've walked into Lord of the Rings and you missed the middle one. Um, but you know what? It, this movie could also be performing well because maybe people have found out that James Bond dies in it. Now they're all going to go watch it. Well, see. yeah. I mean, it was heavy. When, when I say that, like, I've not watched it, but that's not really a surprise. Like, if you've been tracking it, like, it was definitely Daniel Craig's farewell, and he's definitely given every indication that he will never come back. You know, and you did get the... Like, that's not... Would you call that surprising? Because I'm not surprised by it. No, I never felt like he actually really even cared that much about the actual property, honestly. Right, really? Wow. Well, he, there was always those things about him being in, out, in, out, between, like, every fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to be talked into the last two and, and given huge paydays to turn up, basically. Mm. You know, partly of that, I think, was it was how physical it got as well. He was He was saying, like, it's just... It's too physical, like what it was taking out of him bodily. I don't remember Pierce Brosnan complaining about that. Oh, no, I'm just saying from from Daniel Craig's perspective, that was something he he kept highlighting. In yeah, I'm just calling him a wuss. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. In a knife fight against Daniel Craig, could you take him, Rich? In a knife fight? Probably. He's an yeah. actor. Yeah, but surely he's got martial arts training and that kind of thing by this point, doing all that bond. He'd be in shape. No, man. no, that's just acting. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't reckon I could take him. I, I've got no knife fight training. If you had some knife fight training, if you if you knew your way okay, around mate, a knife... The, the, the training that an actor get is not actual training. It's training to look no, good. I, no, I'm saying if I if I had some fight training with a knife, you know, I, I'd feel confident. But I, I, just, I just wonder if I could take him in a sort of... If you're in a ring with a knife, I, I'd, I'd be worried, frankly. Um, but you feel more confident, Rich, which is probably a good thing in a knife fight. You know, you feel more confident. Well, I'm from South Africa, so I'm generally confident yeah. if I'm in a fight. Yeah, I, I like it, man. Well, you can't take a backward step. If you're in a knife fight with someone, you know, it's it's pretty fucking serious. So uh, I've I've been in a machete fight, so I think I think I'm fine with a knife. No, fight. no, I, I I believe you, Rich. Yeah, I believe you. I, I think you'd be dangerous. Yeah, okay. Um, now spinning the wheel, spin the black circle. Um. So I've seen the first three episodes of Wheel of Time, and I'm loving it. And the f- the fourth one has just gotten released. I haven't watched it yet. We'll watch it this weekend. Uh, you've seen two, Rich. Um, did you see the one where they go to the city, like the dark city or whatever, and the guy gets the knife, Matt gets the knife? Or have you not yeah. got to that one? Oh, you've got to that one? Okay. So what's your... Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I'm the second episode, so... Okay. Now, what's your review so far, Rich? Same as last week. What was that? It was you weren't enjoying it too much, were you? That I'm not sure where the ten million per episode is going. Really? I think it looks very impressive. Mm, not really. I mean, if you're talking about like um, visuals, like like the visuals, yes, like the city and like yeah. the, whatever. But when they rocked up with the, those white, the, those soldiers in the white, mm. I was like, that's the best you could do for the outfits. Mm-hmm. Some cloth with a little bit of. I mean, it looks like cosplay. I'm sorry, like. I don't know where sometimes the money goes in the show. Oh, the it's white really cloaks. Odd. You're talking about the white cloaks. Yeah. I was like, I wasn't very impressed with their fucking uh, really? their outfits, considering that they're spending $10 million per episode. <laughs> uh, really? I thought they looked all right. What, the, you're just talking about the white cloaks, though, aren't you? That's what they look like. Yeah, the I think it looks in, trash. But they're people in white cloaks. What are you expecting? Mm, to make it look a bit more menacing. What, you want, like, like, sort of... a warrior. Yeah, okay. But they're sort of almost like the Inquisition kind of thing, the, the White Cloaks. They, they're hunting down all the magic and stuff. They hate the Aes Sedai and stuff like that. No, no, I, I get their point. I just don't 
I thought their look was pretty cheap. Yeah, fair enough, man. You're entitled to your opinion. I, I like it. You've kind of. And I'm still, I'm sure. still waiting for the hack, the acne to get better. Yeah. Well, when does the acne get better? Does it get better in number three? No, it's pretty consistent. I mean, I, oh wow, they're getting their job done. They're punching lines. You know, I, like I, I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm not as down on the acting as you are. I do think it's a bit cheesy. I would like Roseman Pike, whatever her name is. To me, uh, what is she from? Because I know her from something. She oh, she's been she's been in a few things. Um, yeah. I know she was in um, she was in the uh, Jack Reacher movie with Tom Cruise. She was oh, in the right. third Johnny English movie with Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. Um, right. She's she's been in a, a few things. Uh, that's just oh, I think she was in Gone Girl. No. Yeah, is it Gone Girl? Yeah, yeah, Gone Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's in that kind of stuff. She's uh, been a bit. So, again, she's actually normally a fairly good um, actress. I just don't know what the fuck she's. I don't know if she's like, I'm just doing this for a paycheck. I don't actually care. I, I Honestly, I think her acting is so subpar. It's not great. Oh, I will say hers, that. But, but hers is still the best acting compared to the others. Jesus Christ. So it looks like someone told them you're in the C. Like, as I said, it's like someone said, just channel the CW when you're acting. Yeah, but but I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying it, man. I I think it's going to be a really good fantasy sort of storyline. I I'm I'm digging it, man. I you know I I get the vibe that you're putting down, which is that you're you're not happy, Rich. Um, you you're not. I, I mean, not happy I don't honestly care at the end of the day. Like, um, right. um, like it's it's not like oh my god, I had so high expectations. I'm so I'm so pissed off. I'm like yeah. I didn't have any expectations going into the show, so. Well, I did, from memory, if you recall. You know, yeah, greatest show ever made, uh, I believe, is what you said. Did I really say? Did I? Did I say greatest show ever made? I'm correct. That's I, what I, you always say. I'm thinking though that it's really. I mean, we've got some metrics on it. So, Amazon put out some some stuff about it. So, uh, made a strong debut on the Amazon Prime Video, as they also double down on genre with Mass Effect adaptation. Uh, and they're preparing for Lord of the Rings. Now, this is their comment. We can firmly say that Wheel of Time was the most watched series premiere of the year and one of the top five series launches of all time from Prime Video. Um, <laughs> they acknowledge that, like most streamers, they're trying to figure out how transparent we're going to be in the future with ratings. Um, mm -hmm. Now, like, for me, I think this is a show they need to keep going. I think this will get better with time. But I, I mean, I, I think it's pretty damn good, frankly. I think it's money well spent. Um, I don't know. Like, the acting is, is is passable, like, you know, frankly. Like, between the characters, like, it's got that kind of vibe. Like, it's not a million miles away from CW. It's kind of like a more gritty CW, basically. Like, a little bit more, a little bit more, you know, PG-ified kind of thing rather than G-rated. Um, I know. I think it's interesting. Uh, like people are saying that they're, they're saying on Amazon they're very happy with the numbers and that this is really Bezos was like, I want a Games of Thrones show, Game of Thrones show, and this is where they're going with it. And I and I mean I'm 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 liking it. Like there's 14 books. So, what, what what they want and what they're delivering are two different things, in my opinion. Yeah, I know you're not happy. Um, but I don't know. I'm going to keep going oh. on it. Uh, I, I hope this doesn't ruin it for anyone, but uh, what's that guy? That, is, he, is he playing the... What's the character's name? Is he Rand or something like that? The, yes. yes. The, the forlorn guy. I, I swear to God, every time I look at him, I, all I think of is Archie. Archie, the 
comic book character. From, from the comic book character. He, he just looks like a live-action Archie, and I just can't take him seriously. Well, okay. He, I mean, he's, he's a bit of a lightweight, I would say that. Is that yeah, but just his look as well. I mean, forget about his acting. He just looks like Archie come to life, and I just, yeah. can't, take, I just can't take him seriously. I'm sorry. Wow. Okay. Right. I see, Rich. So you, you are really sort of... I, I, I wouldn't even say on the fence. You're sort of... You're, you're... Uh, look, I mean, I hope it gets better. Um, mm. considering that we, we're going to be watching it for a while, but uh, two episodes in, I'm not convinced this is like, oh my God, must-see show. Everyone drop what you're doing and watch it. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't get that. I'm sorry. It's It, it feels like, yeah, if you see it, you see it. If you don't, you don't. <laughs> well, we'll keep going on it. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm digging it, man. I, I think it's cool. Like, I just, for me, it's like, for me, part of the thrill is that Wheel of Time, I know I haven't read it all kind of thing. Like, I'm still reading book two. But I think it's a really... One thing that really fascinates me about Wheel of Time is the guy really did build a big world. And he really did go down the Tolkien route, but built his own world. And it was really... I just think it's impressive. And 14 books, there's so much story to explore... I just kind of wish them all the best. Like, this really could be a franchise show for the next 10 years kind of thing. Um, that's how I feel about it. I feel we're on the launch pad. I don't want to... I don't want the space shuttle launch to be delayed. I want to get going. I want to see the stars. I, I, I'm digging it, but I get your point because you're not wrong. There's, the acting is a bit CW-esque, but I, but I feel the storyline behind it is so strong. Like, there's such a big world that this guy has built. Um, yeah, you know. I, I wish that I wish they would show more than tell because I mean they do love the exposition dumps in the show so far. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're only early on, Rich. They haven't even reached Tarvalin or anything yet. You know? I know, but my point is like, okay, listen, um, you're on the run. Mm. You've got all these things sort of like you know chasing you. You're trying to stay one step. I don't think this is the time for a history lesson. Yeah, like um, maybe <laughs> delve more into the actual characters. <laughs> Mm. Uh, you know your main characters and all that i don't need the like that other stuff i feel can come maybe a little bit later yeah um that's my opinion i just feel like they're like oh let's fill in the wonderful backstory of this world and it's like yeah that's great but yeah. you really haven't spent enough time on the characters to be doing that yet yeah no i, I get you. there's a really good uh there's a really good twist with a, with I won't spoil it for you, but with a dark friend coming up that 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 I'd forgotten from the book actually, and uh, mm. it's really it's episode three was pretty good. I, I I personally really enjoyed it. I I I'm enjoying it. Like, but I am enjoying it with sort of reservations. Not the right word, but like it's not an unqualified success with me. If you know what I mean. Like, I do have mm. my, my like my I, I I'm just thinking about Lord of the Rings, the the, the movies. If mm. you watch the first movie, there isn't much like. Uh, verbal world building uh, for most of the first uh, chunk of the the movie. Mm. Like it, it's only when you really get to Rivendale, yeah, um, yeah. kind of thing that you you know, or, or just before um, Bilbo disappears with the ring, and that's like a good almost hour in, into the movie before they start doing the exposition dump. Now again, this is a TV show, which means you don't even have to get to the world building that quickly. You definitely don't have to be doing that in the second episode where i think most of that episode was literal just exposition done i will say this though in lord of the rings the book uh shadow of the past is a very famous exposition heavy chapter which is like chapter four of fellowship of the ring 
you know? Correct, which is why they didn't put it in the movie. Well, so they put a bit of movie, it. They put a know? bit of it when he gets the ring and he puts it in the fire. No, like, no, no, I know. I'm saying you need a bit of it. But my point is they didn't... I, I kind of feel in like a visual medium like this mm. where you're doing a whole season, right, or you want to do many seasons. I just don't see the need to, like, be trying to set up your world so thoroughly in the second episode. Yeah. Let it breathe. Like, give that information slowly. Bit by bit, like you got to, you know, this you got time. Let's focus on the characters as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what's going to sell the show. You want people to care about the characters, not the, not the history of the world as much. That should be a secondary um, factor yeah, in yeah. their enjoyment of the show. It's true. No, you're not wrong. Um, look, it's I- interesting points, Rich. Uh, look, and I, I think like this debate will and discussion will continue because I could certainly be swayed either way. You know, I'm not so convinced by the show that I'm like, oh, this show can bear no criticism. You know, it's it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, I'm certainly kind of, I, I can see your points. They're quite valid. Um, I'll tell you a show that really has, oh, for me, just, I just don't care at the moment is Doctor Who. Wow. <laughs> I'm I'm just, I'm, I, I saw some article about the latest episode, which I haven't even watched yet. And I actually responded, I just don't care at this point. Like, I, I, I just, the show has just gotten me to a point where I just feel ground down by poor storytelling. And, and I'm just like, I can't wait till this new showrunner comes in, Russell T. Davies. Like, anything is better than what we're getting, it feels like, you know? Yeah, like may, Maybe. I, I kind of feel like even he won't be able to save it, honestly. It needs a reboot, is what it needs. It needs a proper reboot. And it's not the fault of the woman playing the Doctor. The storylines are just not good. Like, they're just also confusing. Like, I I don't remember Doctor Who, classic Doctor Who. You know, the stories made sense, and you could follow the stories. Now, they they were kind of for their time in the 70s, which was the glory years for me. Uh, They were sort of ahead of their time, but the stories made sense. These stories don't make sense. They're very higgledy-piggledy all over the place. You know, like, you talk about exposition. Doctor Who loves exposition to, to explain massive gaps in storytelling, you know? Um, I'm really disappointed, actually, by the, the the shape of the show at the moment. And this isn't a sort of female Doctor thing, because they could, as far as I'm concerned, they could have another female Doctor next generation. I wouldn't mind at all. It's a storytelling problem. And I think this is they've had this problem since the latter days of Matt Smith's Doctor, to now i think story is their biggest concern they incoherent cheesy uh wrap wrap ups of stories but there's an incoherence about the whole thing at the moment Uh, you're not alone in that thought as i said every episode seems to lose more and more Mm. uh viewers from what i'm uh, hearing and seeing and looking at the 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 numbers you know the viewer numbers and all that sort of stuff every episode just seems to be and they've lost another, you know, a few thousand uh, viewers and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, some people, I think, are trying to. I'm trying. In there, but I think yeah. every episode is just, it's losing someone. Uh, like, it's losing a group who's just like, I can't. Like, I, that's I, it. I like, honestly feel they're down to the diehards and the diehards are defecting. I'm a diehard Doctor Who fan. If, I, if you just said to me, never watched Doctor Who before, and I came in at Capaldi and this uh, lady, I, I wouldn't be watching. It's just not good enough. You know, like, mm. the storylines are just not good enough. Like, forget about the Doctor, because I think Capaldi and, and uh, this woman, uh, Janine Whittaker, if that's her name, um, uh, are reasonably... Whittaker. Whittaker, yeah, are reasonably good. Like, I don't actually have a really big problem with them at all. Uh, but the stories are just... 
They just get they're bad and getting worse is the problem. <laughs> it's like her. I, I wouldn't have thought her first two seasons could be considered strong, but compared to what I'm watching now, I'm like, my god, they were better than this. Um, it's just there's just something about it that's just it's almost not making sense as well. Like like when you don't care about what are supposed to be big revelations, you know it a show's losing you. Like, you, when, when your response is apathy, that's almost the worst response of all, you know? Yeah. Oh, look, I, I disagree with you in that I think it's the storytelling, but I also think it's the... I, I don't think she's a good doctor. Sorry. Like, no. I don't I don't find her doctor, especially her portrayal of the doctor, interesting in any way. Mm. Like, there was there was something about Capaldi, and I, you know, whether you like sort of Capaldi's doctor and all that, but... There was something interesting in, in how he played the character. He really played it like a damaged character who had just like felt like he'd maybe lived too long. You know, you yeah. you, you you got the sense that he was tired. Yeah. That he just he didn't know if he wanted to do it anymore and all that sort of stuff. And that made the character a little bit interesting because for the last couple of iterations, they've all been very like charming, lovable, yes. yeah. roguish sort of stuff and then he becomes like this older guy who's almost like I got, I, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I, I don't know if I could be bothered. Yeah you know, um, continuing this stuff and all that. And, um, you know, each, each doctor has been, has had some sort of hook or been interested. I just don't, I, I don't see the hook with her. I don't see what makes this character mm. I, I, interesting. I just, there's nothing about her that makes me go, oh man, I want to find out more about her doctor or I find a doctor interesting. And look, maybe that's on her. Maybe that's on the writing, whatever, but I, I t it's all part and parcel for me. Like it's, no, no, well, it's a, it's a fair enough know. response, Rich. I mean, at the end of the day, the show's not working. That's there's, there's like, we, we, we can argue till the end of time. We're not even argue, discuss till the end of time. Why? But actually it's just not working. It's not working viewer wise. I, I consider myself a pretty diehard fan, but I'm also a quite mild. You know what I mean? Like I, I sort of, I can put my expectations in check because I've seen so many ups and downs with the show that, you know, I, I'm not particularly incensed more than anything. But for me, I, I've been feeling this way for a while before her as well. I felt there were problems by the end of Matt Smith's run, you know, with story. I, I actually felt they kind of bungled the latter part of his run. Like they didn't pay it off really very well. And what they did do just wasn't very satisfactory um, after such a great setup, and I feel that those problems have only gotten worse over the years. And Capaldi certainly had some interesting points. And yes, I would agree his his doctor was more interesting, but I feel like she's almost like not given a much of a character. Like it's it, it's the most personality free doctor that I can remember since I like a long time. Like uh, I'm certainly not a fan of Colin Baker's doctor, but. His person, his portrayal was at least, it was very uh, definite. You know, it was very sort of committed. Uh, hers is strangely passive, is how I'd almost describe it. I do find her amusing at times, I will say that. And I think they probably should have played up the humour a bit more with her, because I think she's quite good at humour. Um, but it's not the strongest portrayal, but I I do go back to the, to the stories, and I think the stories are a problem. Um, she may not be the strongest actor, but the stories are definitely the weakest. And I don't know, Tom Baker was incredibly gifted. He could he could rise above a, a bad story and did often. You know, it, it, towards the latter part of his run, 
there's there's a few clunkers, and yet his acting shines through and makes it very watchable. Um, but he was a special case. Do you know what I'm saying? Like not not everyone's a Tom Baker with that level of delivery. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, Tom Baker is his favourite of a lot. Yeah. Of of Doctor Who fans, I mean, uh, probably second, I would probably say is is Pertwee. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say um, that. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, as I said, like I, I think they 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 just thought they thought they just making it a female Doctor would be, I, I feel like all they needed to do, sure. and people would just tune in, and yeah, they might get people tuning in to at start, the start yeah, to check it out, but they're only going to stick around if you're telling. Yeah, good focus on story like focus on story that's what i would write on the board before anything else focus on story and you know what that'll bring them back like that's the thing like stop fucking like the, the, i had i had no problem at all with there being a female doctor i still don't I, I couldn't care less that's fine but that's no excuse for telling bad stories and mm-hmm. uninteresting stories, and now almost incoherent stories is 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 where where they are now. They've really sort of jumped the shark now, Rich. The stories are just, it's it's like what's going on, like and you know, like uh, you know, <laughs> like you've lost me, and I, I can't wait for this season to be over so that they can finally fucking get onto a new yeah. showrunner and hopefully new scriptwriters. Well, I think also the biggest problem has been that. Um... Uh, they've also tried to change too much of the Doctor's um, canon. Like history. Well, yeah, and that know, was like necessary in, too. Instead that of was, just yeah. saying that like her Doctor is like this weird fluke, mm. you know, this like something that's never happened before, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 a Time Lord, you know, changing sex or something like that. Mm. And what does this mean for the future? Like, that's fine. I've got no issues with that. But... Um, uh, but they to to accommodate the change, they've decided. Well, we're going to go and change the entire law and history and origin of the Doctor to accommodate what we've done. And it's like, but you didn't have to. Mm. You could have just left it left it as some weird, unexplained thing that just happens sometimes with the Time Lord. Mm. Yeah. Like they could have ninety nine changes, and one could be like um, a, a different uh, ethnicity, a different. Does it matter? Uh, like, sex, I mean, whatever. But my point is, but you didn't have to change mm. the the Doctor Who law to accommodate it, like to the extent no. that they've done it with like the Timeless Child and all that crap. I just don't care about any of that stuff. Like, like in my head, it's almost like that never happened. I just don't care. I just, I'm just like, it, it feels honestly because it was so poorly told. It feels honestly like, um, say, with a Spider Man or Wolverine some storylines and changes they do you just you almost write them off kind of thing you know you 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 yourself wreck on them because you're just like that's just terrible like spider-man's parents coming back from the dead or something <laughs> you're just like this sucks and this is very average that's how i felt that was it was i was just like you are right like i've got no problems with it i i, I could honestly they could do female Male, female, ma- till the end of fucking time, and I would be perfectly happy with that. That is my least concern with the whole thing. That is, that's not even a concern for me. My concern is storyline, story coherence, and payoff at the end of storylines and story arcs. That's where my problem is. Yes, you need a strong actor, but you need to also tether it with strong stories. 
and I feel they've gone away from that. I do feel you are actually quite right. They knew they'd turn a lot of heads by getting the the gender reveal, but then they didn't pay it off with strong stories because if they'd done that, they could be sitting in a very different position to where they are now, numbers-wise. Because uh, they had a lot of eyes on them for that. They got a lot of positive PR. Yeah, there were some guys who were pissed off, but that was small. They had a lot of people, a lot of eyeballs on the show, probably the most since Tenant, and then they've squandered it with bad stories and, and boring stories even more. Boring and incoherent stories. That's actually what I was being very specific to a point now where I'm a diehard fan and it feels like a grind to watch it. I never thought I would say that about Doctor Who, you know? Um, and so I just hope that this new showrunner, Russell T Davies, can do something, you know, probably go back to the drawing board. Like, honestly, I would almost want the show to restart with one, one new Doctor, like the start, like start again, kind of thing. Like I would I would actually be up for that, like New Fifty Two style. Like start it all over again. Oh, I kind of but I'm, I kind of feel like the the doctor is one of those ones where it it, it doesn't require that. Mm. Yeah. Because it's time. Like Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he, you could tell any timeline, any whatever, any doctor, like you don't know what time he's from. And yeah. I just feel like you, you, yeah, you, you wouldn't even have to do that. All you've got to do is just worry about Because that's the thing. It doesn't. Doctor Who stories don't have to mm. necessarily follow some pattern or even stick too like rigidly because he's, he bounces around through time. He does, which is the you can make part, You can yeah. make reference to a, a, an adventure or something like that. But yeah, it, it's. It's it's fluid, like it's true. It's true. You know. Well, it is funny when you because I mean, it, yeah, I understand it's fictional, but like for the suspension of disbelief in the story, you know, when we read Doctor Who as well in comics and in books, which I've read many Doctor Who books, like it's kind of cool to know that like Doctor Who in the Roman times was around, as you know, the first Doctor had stories with the Romans, and then he was around in the Middle Ages as like you know the fourth Doctor, but he was also around in the Middle Ages as, like, the fucking Ninth Doctor. Do you know what I mean? Like, he yeah. was floating around all the different time periods as different, not versions of himself, but different him. Well, different, no, different versions of himself. Yes, but... Each, but, each version is a bit... Yeah, but I know what you're saying, but I'm saying it is different versions. It is different versions, but what I'm saying is, uh, if you take his life, like, starting at age, you know, one, to however old he is now, like, 950 or whatever, however, let's say 950, just for sake of argument, um, when he's, say, 400 he's bouncing around the Middle Ages. But when he's like 950, he could be bouncing around the Middle Ages like two years away in a separate country, but on the same planet, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting. And it's a kind of a shame that um, it's you can't do... You, you, they have certainly done some Doctor Who stories with them all together. But because we're dealing with human beings who age, you know, and now a lot of them have died or they're very old, um, they can't do it as much as you could do it if you were doing a comic or something, where they, you can have them all together um, kind of thing, because it's kind of interesting. Like, there's there's a lot of interesting angles to it. That... Actually, no, no, can, can, can I hear... This is the beauty of Doctor Who, and I think... The, and this is where I say you've got to think outside the box sometimes, right? Mm. You've, got to, you've got to be smart. You could literally do a Doctor Who episode that's entirely animated. Yeah, you could. And have all the Doctors and just get, like, really good voice actors to come in and do it because it's Doctor Who. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You, uh, I just, I don't know. Like, you, you, could. Ha you should be you having could. fun with Doctor Who, not like, 
You're treating right. it like it's a fucking chore. You, you, you are right, and 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 I've always enjoyed it when they do do. They've certainly done it in Doctor Who. Like I remember one time when Tom Baker was getting tortured, they had the brain thing of like all the v- different versions of the Doctor, and then you had um, for example, uh, when Davros captured him, and then in the Genesis of Daleks, and then he had all the different versions of Doctor Who beating the Daleks. You know. Mm. And he used those to, you know, try to get the Daleks to win every battle against the Doctor. Actually, sorry. And and also saying this, and by the way, they showed that also you could just get an actor that looks the part because uh, Mm. they they got that actor to play the original Doctor Who. Yes, yes. Right, you know what I mean? So in this day and age with CG, Mm. like like facial recognition stuff like that, all you have to do is get an actor that's similar. It's true. and, And use a bit of magic. To make them look like the 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 doctor. Oh, well, another thing. Yeah, you are right. You, you, of course, you could do that. Like, uh, I do wonder if that will rob something of it, though. If they go back to that well too many times, like, do no, I want to no, see? No, no, no. I don't. I'm not saying do it too many times, but I'm saying you literally could have an episode where it's all the doctors. Yes. Yes. You know, and use it once, but you could have this amazing episode where you use some trickery, some you know, uh, body doubles, all that sort of shit, you know, and you could have one special episode with literally all the doctors. You can do it. I mean, if it's a good story, people will suspend their disbelief. They'll know that it's not real, but it's a good story. They won't care. Yeah, I agree. I I would be more up for what you said about the animated, because I think animated would be fantastic. And also, how about this? And they've probably done a bit of this. Um, we, like take for example Tomb of the Cybermen, a really fantastic Cybermen story with the Second Doctor. Okay, now you could use some footage from that and intercut that with action taking place in another Cybermen story that's linked in the story. So you could sort of use elements of that story re- and, and show them, but then build it into a separate story. Do you know what I mean? Like a mm-hmm. like a sort of um how can I say, sort of link two stories together that way. And, you know, through because you know the beats of the story, the Tomb of the Cybermen, you could just select a couple of little bits and pieces, show that, and then potentially you could have the, the second Doctor, obviously an actor with a wig to look like Patrick Thurdon, which I think is quite possible you could find someone to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's an impossibility. Um, his look yeah, wasn't, and, you know. And again, any of the doctors that are still alive, just get that uh, fancy Marvel de aging technology. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tom Baker did turn up in uh, Day of the Doctor at the end. If you recall, he was in the librarian uh, at Gallifrey. Um, he was at the very end. Um, he turned up and was was it was kind of a very interesting. You know, it was obviously for the fans. You know, in the Christmas Day special, but there's stuff they could do. Um. To, to make some interesting stories. And what frustrates me, I think, is that they've got... It's one of those situations where I think a lot of people could do good Doctor Who stories. They just don't have those right people writing the stories right now. And I think maybe they're writing this season off and, and trying to get her off screen and trying to get the well, current I, showrunner. I think I think that's true, considering how this is, like, the shortest season of Doctor Who, yeah, like, ever, I think. Six episodes and just done and dusted, and she's, she's off into the sunset... So is the showrunner, and his show. And I will say this: I think his his run has been a disaster, frankly. I mean, I mm-hmm. think he, he hasn't killed the show off, but he's just brought it to a real lull where it's lost all oh, the momentum. He hasn't it. killed it, but he's definitely put it on some life support. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a big enough probably that it'll bounce back. Um, but oh, look, it bounced back before. Yeah. Like, don't forget, it was. Uh... 
it was cancelled uh, for many years. You know, it was cancelled. It was off the air. So, I mean, you know, you can always bounce back. But I'm just saying, he's, I, I would say his run is, is on par with, like, the, 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 the stuff that, like, put Doctor Who to sleep for a while. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But, like, I, like, I feel he's really hurt it. And you're going to have to work even hard now to get the viewers back. No, I think I think you're 100 percent right there. Now I do want to mention just just going back to Amazon, um, so that they're doing Mass Effect uh, TV series. Did you know this, Rich? I know you're a big fan of the t- the video game. I did not know that. Yeah, no, they've they've greenlit it. They're going all in on Mass Effect, man, and it's going to be a TV show. Are you looking forward to that? I think that could be interesting. Not at all. Why? They've done the Expanse very successfully on Amazon. Yeah, but I'm not interested in uh, a, a butchered uh, TV show of Mass Effect. Okay, I thought you were a massive Mass Effect guy who'd be just totally... I'm a massive fan of the Mass Effect game. Yeah. But um, games don't translate well into... Because again, uh, you're taking, a, ga- you're taking a, a game where players have urgency and shape the story. Mm-hmm. Agency, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I just don't feel like well, I just don't think it's going to be good. And then what do you do? Who's the main character? Is it going to be Shepard? Is it going to be male? Is it going to be female? Or are you going to create a whole new character that we're somehow supposed to care about? Why wouldn't or... it be Shepard? Shepard was the main person. But which which Shepard? I don't know. Is well, it one? people who play the game, 50-50 would be male or female. So All right. who, who, do you, who do you fob off? Who do you say your Shepard doesn't matter? Does that matter though, really? Again, if you want people, if the fans, again, yeah. if you don't care, if it's, if you're making it for like the plebs who don't know about the property, sure, yeah. who gives a hell? Yeah. But if you're a fan of the game and you played a male shepherd and you shaped the story the way you liked it, <laughs> wouldn't you be like, I don't like this Mass Effect? It's not. I don't know. It's not like, Mass Effect I remember because I they know. didn't have any real success with any of like the books mm. and the animated movies and all that. Because again, it's not. Yeah. It's it's hard to get people to care when they don't have an input again games are different man like look as i said you can you can make a game like uh you can make a movie or a tv show about um uh, nathan drake right from uncharted, uh, uncharted because yeah. you're playing a story mm-hmm. yeah you play the action parts but you don't actually control the story no it's you're it's following the story so you can make a movie or tv show because you're just following story but when it comes to an rpg mm. where players have decided the fates of characters or the the story or the the type of sh- uh, shepherd sure. they created, whether he was a renegade or uh, uh, more in between, or if he was, you know what I mean? Mm. Or, like, I, I, I don't care. I'm not, I, I don't like movies that are based on RPGs. It's... Okay. So it's, it'd be like for me, because I've not played as much Mass Effect as I probably should have, like Dragon Age, which I loved, Dragon Age Inquisition, but there was a lot of flexibility in the storylines, you know? And then if yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, a bit like Dragon Age, you you picked a, a female character, mm. and the you decided a lot of characters' fates and all that sort of stuff mm. based on the decisions you made. So my point is now, if you're going to make a game based on those, what's ca- like? Wh- yeah, but the but the world was still very interesting. Like I'm not that connected to whatever the fuck. Well, I then get, well then guess what? Make me another good fucking game. <laughs> don't, yeah. I don't want a TV show. Amazon, go make me another. You know, um, yeah, buy the rights from uh, fucking Bioware, um, Bioware, uh, Bioware or uh, EA, and yeah. make me a new Mass Effect game. Take your money and make me a good Mass Effect game. I'm happy to do that. I'm just not interested in the TV show. Well, I'll probably do another game if there's going to be a um, TV show out. I would think. 
Well, the last game pretty much killed that franchise. Oh, so who knows? I was the idiot who bought the last game and was really disappointed. Ugh. I was such a such a fucking annoying thing when you do that. Were I, you? You know what? I I can play it as part of my um, uh, game pass, and I still haven't. Da- it's still too much. I yeah. still even if, even technically for free, I won't download yeah. and play. You it. can't justify taking out that much space on your hard drive. That's exactly. How, I'm just that's like, how oh, I feel. No, another game can go there. Yeah. No, that's how I feel sometimes. You're just like no. I, I just can't justify it. Like, it just takes up too much space. Um, I will say this, though. I'm a bit different to you, uh, probably because I played less of it, and I, I, I would be interested in it because I always thought it seemed cool. But um, I am looking forward to the Assassin's Creed TV show. I'm looking very forward to that. Like, am I just a different person to you, possibly, Rich? Is that is that the answer? Well, I would hope that you're a different person from me. Otherwise, that'd be weird. It'd be funny if I was a clone of you. <laughs> they went. They got. They got it wrong. No, it's just different. You're the, no, no, you're the you're the optimistic. Everything's fucking That's brilliant. Saying, I love yeah. it. I can't wait. And I'm the like, yeah. nah, mate, it's shit. <laughs> but I am looking forward to it because I think. Look, I get your point. Like, but like, the storyline's cool, and they could do some cool things with it. That's how yeah, I but, think. But of Dave, it. but but my point is, I'm not. I don't like. They they can make a TV show. I'm just not interested in watching it. I'm interested in another game. Yeah, yeah, no, I get Like, you. if you're going to give me something Mass Effect, give me another good fucking game. Oh, yeah. I suppose with Assassin's Creed, we get games all the time, so it's like... Well, that's okay. If I just said you had to choose, right? You yes. either get another really good Assassin's Creed game... Or the TV or you get show. A, or, or a TV show. Now, I, again, I, I, I know that you can get both because Assassin's Creed gets fucking a game every year. But my point, let's say there wasn't, right? Mm. Let's say they haven't made an Assassin's Creed game for a few years. No, I picked the game. I picked the game. Would you prefer a show or a game? Game. Exactly. And that's the same with Mass Effect. I'm not interested in a show. I want a game. Yeah, game. Because I love Valhalla and Origins so much that I just, I'm I'm excited for their next one, like whatever that's going to be. If they said to me it's going to be set in Japan, where I hope it's set, or the Mongols, um, I'd be like, yes, please. You know? But that's my point. But but you've just played uh, Assassin's Creed. You're playing the current one now. No, I'm, I'm saying, it. imagine if you hadn't had an Assassin's Creed for like five years. Yeah, years. imagine if the last Assassin's Creed was Assassin's Creed Two, which I loved. Exactly, and yeah. then you find out they're doing a TV show, and you're like, yeah, but I really want a fucking game. Like, when's yeah. the last time I played? Uh, no, I'd I, I'd be voting for a game for sure. Yeah, and that's my point. Like. I don't need TV shows. I need more games. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, hopefully, though, it won't be mutually exclusive and you'll get a game with the new show. If the show's a success, you'll surely get a game, you know? Um, maybe. I mean, it's more expensive to make a game uh, and, and you can lose a lot more money. Yeah, but if it's got a successful show um, and it's already a game franchise that is beloved, isn't it? Mass Effect. Like, the first three, aren't they just beloved? Uh, yes, and then also no, because oh, I thought that there's a lot of people fun. that love to hate on the ending of Mass Effect 3. I'll never forget that time at that Comic-Con, and you were with me, I'm sure, and that guy was so funny, and that guy stopped me to ask me if I'd played the fucking, like, addendum to Mass Effect 3, and he tried to do it as a leading question because of what they did in the ending of Mass Effect 3. And my response was, I haven't even finished Mass Effect 1. <laughs> I think that he asked you that because I was standing next to you with a Mass Effect. He, he did, but it was such a funny question because I was like, huh? Um, and then I kind well, of played it for laughs. You know? Well, but if, to be fair, some people try and start a conversation because they want to complain themselves. Yeah, well, he it was almost in his question that he was, like, ready to ramp up with the complaint division. And I was like, dude, I haven't even finished one. So I, yeah. g- I guess I'm part of oh, the problem. Yeah. 
Maybe you should have said to him, maybe ask the guy with the Mass Effect. He should. Have yeah, why don't you ask Rich this question? Why am I getting it? Like I, you know, I'm I'm not involved. Um, <laughs> it was it was funny though. Like his outrage was was palpable, wasn't it, Richard? I didn't care, um, honestly, because um, I know a lot of people are like, oh my god, oh my god, but I was like, yeah, but it doesn't take away from the the actual game. Because yeah. I'll be honest with you, most a lot of RPGs they do fail at the ending, yeah. Because um, it's really hard to get a satisfying ending and all that, and it didn't stop my enjoyment of those three games. Even if the ending wasn't exactly like it was a bit too like um, shallow and like no real choice, I was like, yeah, but I don't really care because I had such a fun ride journey that um i I kind of remember the journey more than the actual ending anyway i couldn't even remember what my ending was now Mm. Uh, i'm sure i'm sure my character sacrificed himself for the uh, for the galaxy because that's just the type of character i play but how a guy you are i remember remember the characters i remember the the stories the betrayals the almost having to shoot one of my teammates um you know like because of uh, a decision that was made and um, you know what I mean? Like that's the stuff I remember. I remember those cool uh, Dragon Age is still one of my Dragon Age Origins, the first one. Oh, I is love still that one. one of my favorite fucking games. I, yeah. I'm sorry, like um, I, I, that's another franchise that just went down the toilet. I'm sorry, Dragon Age Three. Oh, well, I know people rave about it. I thought it was terrible. I, I love um, Dragon Age uh, Origins. It was a fantastic oh, game. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Age Origins was beautiful. Man. I like uh, Inquisition as well. No, I didn't enjoy Inquisition. It was too... Well, what's wrong with Inquisition? Um, you can just roll around and do whatever you want. Because it didn't feel as um, epic. Like, see, the problem with Dragon Age, uh, it's such a good self-contained story. Mm. Because the Darkspawn only happens like once every, however, like hundreds of years. And it's when a dragon gets uh, corrupted mm-hmm. uh, by the darkness. And then that's when all the shit goes to, to town. But now when you play the game, like uh, the, the Grey Wardens are pretty much non-existent. They're like a battered group and all that sort of crap. And the whole, like, the whole world has just gone to shit. But the ending with that of how you beat, I just think it's such a self-contained story that the uh, the sequels that they made they wanted to make sequels because it was so popular but yeah. they were like yeah but we da- how do we continue the story it had a terrible first sequel remember that first sequel it was awful actually you know what uh, it was awful in terms of the story and world building but i actually did like what they were trying to do with the chapters mm. where it's all in the one city you come there's like a refugee and your decisions through the different chapters actually affect the city from chapter one to chapter two to chapter three, which I thought was a very interesting idea. I, it wasn't executed, but again, it's because you made a sequel to a game that they were rushing it. They were rushing it because well, not the... just well, they did rush it. They had to get it pumped out, but you were also making a sequel to a game where you hadn't actually probably planned on making a sequel. Sure, it was it was just a one off like uh, story. Mm. Yeah, um, but, yeah, but that's not how I mean? the video game industry operates, is it? If they've got a success, they want to make a franchise. Yeah, well, it's the same. Look at Final Fantasy, right? Final Fantasy was called final fantasy because it was literally the last game they were going to make right but it was such a massive uh uh hit. Uh, uh, hit that they were like oh we're going to make more but they were like uh well we can't continue the story so we'll just make every game different but mm. it'll be called final fantasy mm. you know which again luckily for them they named it well so that they could do that you can't re- well i suppose you could do that with dragon age but it just doesn't feel the same has there been a dragon age game since acquisition no 
that's that's interesting because no. I thought that was they've been working on Dragon Age Four for a while, but everyone keeps leaving the company that's oh. uh, in charge of it and is working on it. Everyone keeps leaving. Is it EA or not? Well, it's EA and Bioware, yeah. But right. like, um, when I say people are leaving, I mean like people working at Bioware who are working on this game just keep fucking jumping ship, man. They just really? all just keep quitting, you know, like game wow. designer or director or really, you know, they all just like, yeah, I'm going, I'm out, and it's like, well, that's not good. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I liked Inquisition, but it was it felt much more like a free roamer, you know. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's my point. Like Dragon Age wasn't that. Dragon Age was definitely more story. Your choices mm. mattered. Like that's mm. the thing with Inquisition. I don't feel like you. I don't think your decisions mattered in that game really. Mm. But with Dragon Age, oh my god, when you go for the young kid who's like he's been taken over by a demon, mm. depending on what order you visited the towns. Mm. Um, uh, would would determine like uh, how that story plays out, and then decisions you sometimes made in those other ones also affect how that story is going to play out. You know whether you're f- friendly with the mages or the um, the Templars. Like I'm just like this is brilliant. Like everything just it's all like these threads. Yeah, yeah. And depending on how you play the game, actually matters and affects the story. They haven't made a Dragon Age game like that since that game. No, it was a, it was a. It was a great, great game in terms of story. Like it was, and and also gameplay. It was a, it was an excellent game. I mean, it, it's my favourite of the Dragon Age games by far. But I, I also did like Inquisition a lot as well, um, which was definitely. I trying. think I'll, I'm going to say I think you like that game because it's very much like, um, you know, the the Ubisoft. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 in that vein. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Always got to have a dig it with with Ubisoft, don't you, Rich? You've always no, no, got to no, no. put that plunge that knife in a little deeper. <laughs> well, I just wish they would make more different games. That's all. Like, I love their games. Yeah. <laughs> I know you do, but I'm just saying, like a company that just makes the one game over and over. I just think I just I just wish they would make. I like going shit. to the place, and then you got to do the thing. Well, I mean that you got to climb the tower. Unlock all the side missions, and you go do all the side missions. I know you love it. And they got the little map to help you out. It's good for people with bad memories like me. You got a little map. Oh, that's right. I can do this. I can do that. But I'll be honest with you. I think it's a good game for someone like you because one, you do take a while to play the games, mm. and two, you do sometimes take a break or go back to it. Yeah. So I think a game where you're not really heavily invested in the story, yeah, is is probably what does suit you with that. Whereas because I'm I, when I play a game, I play it from start to finish yeah. because I love I love playing story-driven games. Yeah. And I want to experience a story like I'm experiencing a movie or a book where mm. I read it straight through. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't yeah. want to put it down and come back to it because I'll forget what the story was. I'll, I'll forget why I care. Yeah, true. True, true. No, that's true. No, I, and I am famous for... I Look, I can't tell you how many video games are. I'm so confused by what the story is. I just don't care. I'm just like... Well, that's what I think, look, I think Ubisoft is not my company because they don't... Uh, uh, they don't play to my strengths, um, strength, but they do to you, yeah. and that's why I think you you like them. So I'm just I'm just poking fun at you. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm glad they make games that you can play and you enjoy. It's just that their games are not for me. No, I hear, man. And you are right about Dragon Age Inquisition. It is more Ubisoft like, actually. Now that I think of it, yeah, it is. It's very much yeah. like that. Yeah, it was. It's, it's go here, unlock, yeah. do the side shit, close the portals. It's yeah. It's basically just an open world Ubisoft game. Like it's mm. interesting. Um, now, Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, performed better at the weekend box office than anticipated. It hit number one, uh, made forty four million in its opening weekend. Uh, right now, it's sitting on seventy nine million worldwide. Still very early days. It's been out what roughly a week. 
Can uh, I just say, I, I love that they go, oh, it performed better than expected. I was like, according, like, who who's, who gave the lowered expectations? Did you think? Well, they like, do, they do um, surveys. Of, they do surveys of the audience and stuff like that. Yeah, but with this one, I think there's just a lot of saltiness over the 2016 Ghostbusters that I think they were hoping that this one would do badly. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, it's it's out. I mean, it's as very early days. It's only been out more, less than a week. Or, sorry, slightly more than a week. I wouldn't say it's numbers or anything incredible, but it's very early days. I haven't seen it yet. I'm not even sure if it's had an Australian release yet, actually. Has it had an Australian uh, I'm release? I'm pretty sure it hasn't. Yeah, so... It's not even out in Australia yet, which is, again, a giant shame. And they honestly, they can't be surprised when people are pirating these movies when Australia's now back to getting, you know, movies a month or two months later. It's ridiculous in this day and age. Mm. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife, I'm looking for a release date in Australia. I'll I'll try to give that to listeners now. It's got a higher IMDb rating, a 7.8 and a 61 on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's not, that's not terrible. 47 uh, yeah so, i think it's it's had better user reviews than critic reviews though yes. if I remember correctly. second of december uh, out in australia uh mm. and it was the 19th so yeah look it's early days i'll definitely see it i'm looking forward to it uh where are you rich on it i know that you were ve- i mean I, look i couldn't stand the 2016 one either but uh you looking forward to this one not really no <laughs> no it's it's not it's not for me i i kind of feel like it's it's more for kids sure Sure. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm happy with Ghostbusters one and two. Um, mm. I'm happy to watch that once a year. You know, yeah. Whenever I feel like I don't I don't need this young kid one. But hey, if, if it's like you know what, it's made by I think uh, Ramus's son. It is. You know, and it's kind of like a love letter, and you know he is aiming it I think more at the kids, which is mm-hmm. why the main characters are the kids, and that's fine. It's just not it's not made necessarily for me yeah mm. you could say hey maybe it's for ghostbusters fans who have kids and shit and That's they it. want to take the kids to see it but i'm happy to just keep watching the old ones sure <laughs> um now some interesting news on the lord of the rings tv show amazon paid 250 million us for the television rights uh to the tolkien estate uh tolkien estate has many restrictions surrounding what can be shown the lord of the rings is only allowed to take place during the second age and the canon of that age cannot be altered whatsoever Gaps between major events in the Similarian that are not described by Tolkien can be filled in by the show. Um, okay, so let's dig into that comment. The first comment I'll make as a Tolkien nerd is the Similarian actually covers, in general, the first age, which was the age with Mogroth. It does have, in the printed edition, and before Tolkien nerds come at me, it does have sort of factual histories after i i think in the similarian maybe in unfinished tales about the second age but pretty much the similarian is the first age the second age is the age of numenor which is what this is going to be focusing on and how they raised an army against sauron at the end etc etc then brought sauron back to numenor and then they invaded valinor or valor or whatever it's called Valinor, and then the earth got broken and the third age started and the people of Gondor are descended from the Numorians. Um, Interesting. Now, in... I want to say this. In... Tolkien gave very specific notes on certain periods in the second age, but there's huge chunks of it, Rich, that are completely open. Completely open. Um, And again, I'm going to say, this is where the sailors come in and this is where we're going to see other lands. All that stuff is open, you know? 
there's a lot of stuff open, and I think this is actually a really smart deal for everyone concerned because it's more like Tolkien gave instructions directing a ship, but in a big ocean, and there's a lot of uncharted territory, and I think there's a lot of room to explore. Now, are you concerned, Rich, that will mean writers can just start writing whatever the fuck they feel like? Um, yeah, well, I mean, they're going to do that anyway. Yeah, that's going to happen. You know, I mean, look, it's, it, to be fair, that's probably why the, the, the Tolkien estate said, listen, anything that's fucking there is there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he didn't fill out the entire world, so, mm. you know... Um, but again, you know, uh, as I said, like one of my biggest complaints about a lot of writers and, and people in the industry today is that they don't want to tell stories based on what's there. They want to tell their own stories using uh, the skin of a franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my concern is that I don't even think, you know, even though they're given like, hey, you can do this and fill that in, they're going to just go, they're not even going to like bother to look into maybe what they should use. Yeah. You like to flesh it out. They'll just be like, I do what we want. Yeah. We could just, we could just go around. I'm looking forward to it though. I'm looking very forward to it. Um, I think there's a lot more at stake here with the Lord of the Rings TV show than even with Wheel of Time, because I think Wheel of Time is beloved by fantasy nerds, but it hasn't had that mainstream mainstream. I'm talking not just fantasy. Obviously it's a perennial seller in the fantasy market, mainstream mom-and-pop appeal that Lord of the Rings has had because of the movies, you know? Mm. So there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this show, a lot of expectation. Uh, We do know Lenny Henry is playing one of the uh, Hobbits, um, like a forerunner of the Hobbit clans. So Lenny Henry, uh, and there was some consternation because of, you know, he's black, etc. And I'm like, oh, well, calm down. Um, but we, that's one bit of casting news we have. We don't have a lot of casting news about, about this show. It's very much shrouded in secrecy. Um, but even the fact that they're bringing in hobbits down, let me tell you, there ain't no hobbits in much of Tolkien's stuff. Like there, there might be one reference to a previous band in like one sentence somewhere, but they do not play a role in general in the greater affairs of the second age, you know? Mm. So I'm sure they will. (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah well yeah but like that's all off panel land for Tolkien basically that's writers just spitting their own wheels basically Um, yeah I mean like as I said like uh, um, you know I I don't know I I, again I've got the movies (laughs) I mean I I can watch those movies you know quite often and I'm happy with them so I mean if the show is shit the show is shit it doesn't thankfully it doesn't affect my movies that's true. Now, Lord of the Rings hinted at something much darker in Moria than the Balrog. In the Lord of the Rings, Gandalf claims there are things older and fouler than orcs in Middle-earth, but what is he referring to? Now, I'm not sure I know the answer to this either. Um, as a reader of Lord of the Rings, people were refer- referencing some sort of Cthulhu monster. Do you recall one from Lord of the Rings? Because I'm struggling to recall it. No, but people love putting Cthulhu everywhere, so. <laughs> but, yeah, but but I don't recall Tolkien doing that, do you? No, of course he didn't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Lord of the Rings, Cthulhu. I'm typing that into the internet. and People people literally just want a Cthulhu in everything. It's, it's really weird. Yeah. 
Well, there's one in um, there's there's crossover fan fiction, um, but I don't know about Cthulhu in Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. That so I'm not sure what Gandalf's referring to. I mean, uh, something darker than the Balrog. I thought he was referring to the Balrog, but something worse than the Balrog in Moria. What, you know? Who knows? I don't know. People were saying, are you familiar with The Watcher Who Walks, Richard? People were saying that. Now, I'm not even sure what's that in in Lord of the Rings. I'm typing in Lord of the Rings, The Watcher. Maybe there's something that we're not aware of, Rich, that is in some appendices. The Watcher in the Water. Okay, here we go. The oh, What? The Watcher? Well, well, I know in the movie they made The Watcher in the Water look like some sort of Crackney Cthulhu thing, but oh, um... it's that thing, right? So it's the thing that attacks them when they're um... yeah. But I mean, that didn't seem like such a major threat, did no, though, did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> like... So okay, for for sorry, now it rings a bell. So basically, in Lord of Rings books, for a while they camped outside the door of the secret passage to get into the elf door to get into Moria, because back in the day, the the dwarves and elves had more friendship and they spend some time and they can't work out the password to get in and Gandalf's from memory really really angry uh and during that passage at some point this watcher in the walk with tentacles comes up and almost drags one of them into the water or I think maybe Frodo or someone and like there's a bit of consternation and then they remember the password yeah yeah it it was definitely Frodo because Frodo had the ring yeah and from memory, it was uh, friend, wasn't it? I think it was friend was the password to get in, and then they got in. Yes. Um, yes. Now, okay, wow. That certainly wasn't, in my imagination, a massive threat worse than the Balrog. It was a monster, like a troll under the bridge. It was a, it was a concern, but it wasn't like, oh, this is the darkest threat of all time, you know? It was kind of like shark in the water. Like, yeah, it's fucking dangerous, but, like, it's not so demonic. And, like, I didn't see Cthulhu there. Cthulhu are otherworldly, interdimensional kind of planet. Oh, no, yeah, I mean, not everything with fucking uh, tentacles is Cthulhu. Yeah, that's 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 people reaching way too far. I'm sorry. I've read Lord of the Rings multiple times, and I'm, I, I actually thought there must have been something else that I've forgotten, and I'm like racking my brain, and then I'm like, that creature is you're, you're telling me that's the darkest creature in Middle Earth? I'm sorry, no, Shelob is darker than that, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Well, again, you know, well, that's that's you know, that's the problem with fan speculation. And believe you me, the Borog was more of a fucking problem than that thing, as shown by the fact that dragged Gandalf to pretty much his death. You know, hell, yeah. It's like you shall not pass. Um, yeah, that, that. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that, though. Thank you, Google, uh, for for <laughs> letting me get to the bottom of that story because I was quite confused. Now, Keanu Reeves calls the MCU visionary and ambitious, and would be honoured to join, according to a new interview. There's a lot of speculation that Keanu is lining up to play Ghost Rider. Uh, we did have the reports that. Um, uh, what's his name? The guy who plays Daryl Dixon. What's the guy's name? That that actor. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck. God, I've totally forgotten his name. Like he's he's also. Oh in, my um, god, we were literally just talking. I about know. Him he, he, I always think his name is Daryl, but it's not Daryl. It's just the character. <laughs> he plays. Uh, he's also he was in that Death Standing or whatever video game, like um, that game where you're the mailman and all that stuff. 
I'm so I'm ashamed of myself for forgetting the last name. I'm, I'm typing in now. Daryl Dixon. I, as soon as I said, uh, uh, it's Norman Reedus. You're well done, Rich. Yeah, uh, and I'm disappointed in myself for not remembering his name because it's quite a distinctive, good name. Now there was speculation, I believe, only last week that Norman Reedus was in talks to play Ghost Rider, and now Keanu, who has been mentioned in this role before, seems to be cycling back into contention. Do you believe either of them will end up with the role? I think Keanu, maybe 20 years ago, yes. Yeah. Keanu now, a bit too old. But then again, to be fair, Norman Norman Reedus is looking a bit too old as well. well Norman Reedus is only about five years younger, I think. I don't think he's that much. Yeah, but I'm, but they both basically look like they're between 50 and 60. They do, point. yeah. Well, I think and, they're both and 50. Johnny Blaze basically needs to be a guy that's like 30 max. Yeah. In, in my opinion. I mean, you could even argue, fantastic though he was, Nicolas Cage was on the older side when he took the role. You know, he was pr- probably north of 40 when he took that role. Well, I mean, yeah, but again, that was a bit, you know, they did try and make him look a bit younger. You they could did. see that he had a fair bit of, like, makeup and, yeah, and you... stuff on. And that was, like, what, 15 years ago or something? Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean, I wouldn't cast him now. No. Yeah. No, I wouldn't cast I mean, if he was... Doing Ghost Rider three with Nicolas Cage, oh, I'd turn up and see it for sure. But they're not going to do that. Um, yeah, I, I just feel Keanu would have been good, but it's almost like that ship may have sailed. There could be another role for him in the MCU, though. Like you know, uh, he's always interesting actor to play a role. But I don't really. I mean, if it was announced tomorrow, the Keanu. I was would love play. to see Keanu in something. Um... Not not necessarily Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy, but in that vein, right, where he's playing some sort of celestial or mm. or, or 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 cosmic guy, mm-hmm. you know, who's like a bit more zen. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of Marvel characters. I'm sure the guy could play. Because as I said, like, like Keanu does look much younger with the beard on, but my God, when I saw him in the yeah. Bill and Ted without yeah. the beard, Jesus, did he look older? I just thought of someone he could play, Judas Traveler. There you go. He could play Judas Traveler. It'd be fucking greatest Judas Traveler. Tie that in. Like, you know, this is the kind of shit that, like... Oh, by the way, I was reading something, uh, a story for today's show was um, Spider-Man 299. I didn't realise that the Life Foundation and that guy from Venom are all from the original comic. That was actually interesting. So the the, the villain in Venom 1, he's from the original comic, which had the Life Foundation and all that kind of stuff. They actually okay. use that name. So that's quite a callback, isn't it? I get, yeah, I mean, I'm not super familiar with him, but yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was cool. It just goes to show that someone's doing a little bit of fan service, and a little bit of an Easter egg there for the fans. Um, so anyway, we'll we'll keep our eye on this. Now, we've got a fantastic email from Michael Kellershin, which I want to read out, Rich, because it had some great stuff that was relating to... Oh, I didn't send you... Um, there's been a bit of a pranking going on recently regarding your love of... Uh, or Shall I say apathy towards um, John Stewart? Uh, you 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 sent me the you sent me the picture. Did I send it to you? I wasn't sure if I had it or not. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so um, he he sent me this one, but I found another one, Rich. So there was the one that Michael sent me, which was which was John Stewart as like a really bad action figure. Great. Yeah, it was terrible. Yeah. I also saw. I came across in King's Comics the other day. It was like a celebration of fucking however many years Green Lantern, John Stewart. It was just John Stewart stories. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, so many of those, I can tell you that. I was like, wow, we like we're really plunging. They were, they, they were really scraping to get that. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, like, yes, I was like, oh, all those really great John Stewart stories, like over the years. Um, okay, so you're gonna have to uh, help me with pronunciation. He says, Lois, show stuff. Hayo Mikowski, is it how you say his name? The guy who did all those Studio Ghibli films. Uh, is that how you say uh, uh, yeah, I mean, don't ask me for pronunciation. And now she's coming out of retirement for his final film. This is big news as he's the biggest name in animation and this is only the third final film he has done. Uh, and then there's a funny storyline, 40 years in jail for stealing comic books. Back in 2019, someone broke into a storage locker and stole 500 comic books valued at over 250k. The owner hired a private detective to track down the culprits and police eventually arrested three men. This week, one of the dummies charged with a crime refused a plea deal that would have sent him to jail for three years and will now face a jury and a potential 40-year prison sentence. Um, wow. The story says the books were valued at 250k, but a local comic store recently sold Amazing Fantasy 15 for 50000 by itself, so they could be worth far more. Um, there's an interesting article about that. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it is a fascinating storyline, and can you imagine um, these guys like getting tracked down by a private detective? I love it, like a bit of investigation, because I mm. assume they were then trying to sell them in the secondary market, you know. And I would imagine so. Five hundred comic books valued at two hundred fifty k. So, how much does that mean each comic book would have been worth? Um, two hundred fifty thousand oh. times. Oh, I'll do my calculator. So if we if we just if we just for the sake of the argument say that they're all equal value which they wouldn't be, but that is uh on average five hundred dollars, is that right? Yeah. So each, each that 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 that's saying that they have an average of five hundred dollars each, but obviously that's not the case, and some would be worth the the big what do they call them? What's the word they call them? Key 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 ones? Key key comics or something? There's a term for it where it's like the first appearance of Hal Jordan and all that kind of stuff like. There's there's a term for a comic book that you know the first appearance of Wolverine, uh, I think they're called key books something like that. Are you familiar with the term, Rich? Uh, no, but I, I get what you're saying. Like with it's a key um, episode, a key issue. Yeah, the, yeah, they're like stuff. key issues. They're the ones that um, escalate in value when they announce the movies and stuff. It's it's why the collectors are always trying to swoop on. Oh yeah, yeah. First appearance books sell like crazy if if for some reason a, a character's in the news or. Yeah, in a movie or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell's yeah. I saw it was funny on one of Michelle's news shows today. They were breaking the story, Richard, about Superman's son being gay. Only a fucking month after the story, like, got. <laughs> you know, they were like, they were hot on that fucking storyline, like reporting well, you that. Know what? I hope maybe they were because they were looking into it to make sure it wasn't a prank. <laughs> <laughs> but but like it was so funny because the the woman interviewing us and so how are DC comic fans. Uh, reacting to this, and I said to Michelle, "Well, there was like some, you know, pushback. There was also a lot of apathy." And the woman was like, "Oh, well, the, the the queer DC comic fans are just totally loving that, like, someone is able to represent them." And I was like, "Oh God, like, you're not even giving like the proper response." Like, there was a fair bit of pushback on the internet from memory, if I recall, when it got announced. You recall? It was definitely yeah. There was definitely far more apathy than anything. Because yeah, there was a lot of there, apathy. There would look. There would have been massive. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't care. Um, there would have been massive outrage if they'd done that to Superman. Sure. Yeah. But John Kent is such a uh, 
yeah. character that they no everyone's like whatever bro like they literally had to fabricate <laughs> outrage yeah they did yeah I and, and death threats because nothing was happening that's right like, there was death not, threats this is not the response we were anticipating or hoping for there was there wasn't didn't they fake death threats there was like fake yeah. death threats yeah <laughs> they, yeah they had to they had to fake death threats and, and stuff because nothing was happening it was a nothing story no one cared because no one cares about this character i'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry, all you know, all you ten fans of <laughs> of this current Superboy. Um, you know, I was a fan of him before Bendis got his hands on him. So, you know, I feel you, but I'm sorry, he's currently after Bendis. He's a character no one cares about. Yeah, thanks, Bendis, once again. You know, for your below average comics, <laughs> for your mediocrity. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. No. No. It's, yeah. <laughs> for, for for your for your bland mediocrity on so many books. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> like, I've read so many of your comics. I'd say after what are we in twenty twenty one? I'd say since about twenty ten. That's pretty much where he started to really drift from me. You know. So he had a good run. He had a good run. Uh, Ultimate Spider Man and. Most of most of his new Avengers, and then towards the end of his new Avengers run, I started to spot some real problems, and I don't think he's ever recaptured the magic ever. I, he's kept producing. I'll say that for him. He's churned out the fucking pages, but um, he's you know he's written pages that have got to printers, but uh, the quality I feel has been lackluster. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. I thought I would be uh, appealing to your sentiment there. And I feel that's a fairly widely shared sentiment across the fucking comic industry. Um, now, uh, this was Andrew Garfield, and I wanted to get your response to his comments here. He's been doing a bit of press recently and getting a few questions about his Spider-Man. And he says, I think he would be a little turned off by the excess, the billionaire, trillionaire status of Iron Man. I think it would rub my version of Spider-Man the wrong way. So he's commenting, obviously, on those who say Tom Holland Spider-Man is just, you know, Junior Tony Stark, um, kind of raised by Uncle Tony. And uh, Andrew Garfield kind of making these comments. What do you make of them, Rich? Maybe, but, I mean, he's this is also the... Um, his character is also the one that wanted to work for a billion-dollar company yeah. and be rich himself, so... Yeah, good point. He was working for Norman Osborn, wasn't he? But I suppose maybe that was before he became Spider-Man. So maybe after he became Spider-Man, sure, I guess. Maybe you could argue that he would not like the excess and all that, you know, because of the the whole responsibility bullshit. Is is Norman Osborn in his Spider-Man movies? Or is is he kind of just teased? Isn't he dying or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, yeah, he's got some disease and he's dying and, and the son is in it. Yes. Because it's the sun that shows up as the goblin. Right, okay. Cool. Uh, a very fucking horrible looking... Oh, God, just thinking about that goblin <laughs> makes me makes me sad, honestly. The, the, the Oh, God, that was a terrible goblin. That's why I said I'm not... I'm sorry, I'm not... A, I'm just not a fan of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. I just no. don't. I like I, it. I, I but... don't like them at all. No. I liked the second I, I one. Didn't, I didn't like his Electro. I didn't like his didn't like um, Jamie Fox's Electro. Norman Osborn. I didn't like his uh, Harry Osborn Green Goblin. I, I don't even remember. Spiky look, hair and the sharp teeth and the and like it doesn't even look like the Green Goblin. For I don't even sense. remember. I'm going to type it in now. So is it is in Amazing Spider-Man one? 
or is it two? It's two, isn't it? Because it's two. It's two because they, one is the the lizard. They because they do the scene with um with Gwen Stacy, don't they? I like that part of the story. I thought that was a pretty good storyline. Like, oh look, I the only thing I like about his is that they finally use Gwen Stacy. Yeah, yeah. And and they did do wow. the um you know the Gwen Stacy being killed and all that sort of that stuff. That is a like bad finally, looking goblin. That's they, a terrible. They finally goblin. did it, but yeah, he's the goblin was terrible. Awful, um, awful goblin. Can I say that? It's yeah, awful. yeah, yeah. And I mean, what world do you bring Harry as the Green <laughs> yeah, Goblin before? Norman as the Green Goblin. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I don't understand that either. Like, maybe that was so in the shadow of um, of uh, William Defoe, and you know. But even still, like, like don't do the Green Goblin thing. You know? Like, yeah. Do do one of the other many fucking rogue well, Spider-Man. I thought they were setting up that Norman's got this disease, and that's why he's gonna, you know, and and then his his skin looks scaly. Yes. So I thought they were going to like he was going to try and concoct some cure and then he's going to become a, a Jekyll and Hyde yes. where he actually turns into the scaly isn't he mostly goblin. in bed and stuff isn't he kind of bed yeah rich? yeah 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 no 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 I mean because again they didn't get the third movie or anything but they were trying to set up that he was he was creating the sinister six or some shit but right I, I I'm sorry like if I got to rate them it's it, it would probably be um the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's reluctantly the Tom Holland and then um <laughs> Uh, Garfield would be lost, and and I say reluctantly because there are stuff in the Tom Holland stuff I do like. It's none of it's Tom Holland though. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Michael Keaton as the Vulture. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like it's yeah. shit like that that I enjoy. So it's, it's no, you're not wrong, man. I I think yeah. Look, I mean, I enjoyed DeAndre Guffer more than you, but that Green Goblin, I had forgotten him. But now that I'm looking at him, I can remember him, and I remember him being very poor. And the whole time I was thinking, why are we doing Harry first? Like you know, it's just it's just craziness, basically, um, absolute craziness. Now, uh, there was a League of Super Pets trailer. Did you get a chance to see this, Rich? I did not, but I believe it has uh, John Krasinski as Superman in it, or something. Yes, that's correct. He, he voices Superman, but yeah. no, I haven't had a chance to. Yeah, that's I completely correct. forgot about that one. No, it's okay. We'll we'll cover it next show. It's also got The Rock. I think is is the Rock playing crypto, and then you've got no, yeah, the Rock is playing crypto, and Kevin Hart for some bizarre him. reason is playing Ace. The, you're not familiar. You, you, you're not a fan of that. You're not a fan of Kevin. I Hart think Ace Kevin Hart is Ace Batman's fucking dog. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah, sure, that's a good point. Like that, no, like to me, Ace should be like some again, um, almost silent dog. Mm. Not some like loud, hey man, what you doing? Kind of, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so not Batman. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, I just I don't get it. Like, I would have gone for like, um, I would have just gone for someone with a deeper voice, but not actually have Ace talk that much. Actually, like it's actually more Crypto talking because Crypto would be the Boy Scouts dog. Yeah. You know, yeah. he'd be talking and not necessarily like bragging, but he'd be talking. He'd be you know, friendly and all that sort of stuff. And Ace the Bathound would be the, you're so naive, you're such a child. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sort of you don't take You gruff. don't take this seriously. And it's like, I don't know. That's how I would have yeah, yeah, yeah. done it. Yeah, but good point. I'm, I'm not in charge. So I love crypto, know. though. I do love crypto. Um, I do, I do. And I mean, I don't have an issue with The Rock playing crypto. I just, I just, I'm sorry. Kevin Hart is ace. Yeah. I, you know what? It's they're only doing it because it's The Rock and Kevin Hart. Well, it's the wacky. Because it seems like, the Rock and Kevin Hart just make movies together now. 
Well, they do since um, Jumanji was such a big hit. Jumanji no, 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 no. Before that, uh, Central Intelligence. That's true. Yeah. Well, they do love each other. They're, they're like, yeah, they you know, do. Seriously, it's romance. a very, it's a very odd <laughs> romance. I tell you something. I saw um, uh, last night. We watched Red Notice, the movie with The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. Um, yeah. oh, look, it's lightweight fun, and everyone plays exactly who you would expect them to. Like, no one... Imagine, like, Ryan Reynolds giving uh, almost a stereotypical Ryan Reynolds performance and The Rock doing the same. But everyone's doing the version of themselves, but they're not acting out at all. So it's it's quite predictable. Uh, you see the twist coming about a billion miles off as well, can I say that? Um, Chuck Dixon, on his webpage, he reviews movies... He gave the most hilarious. In fact, I'll, I'll, you know what? Instead of just mentioning it, I'll read it out because it actually made me laugh because I so agreed with it. Like his his description of um, of what's it called? Red Notice. I'll type in Chuck Dixon, Red Notice, because Chuck does sort of like quite sort of detailed film reviews, um, mm-hmm. and he does he fully puts his writer hat on when he's doing it as well. Like so they're quite sort of serious, if you know what I mean. Like um, like he takes time so. I'll read this out because, God, it made me laugh. Um, internationally infamous art thief Ryan Reynolds is caught by FBI agent Dwayne Johnson, but both fall prey to Gal Gadot, another internationally famous art thief. And after a series of fights, chases, escapes, more fights, more chases, more escapes follow for the next two hours before Netflix mercifully suggests you to watch something else. Uh, it's, not enough that the, <laughs> it's not enough that the streaming service uses algorithms to determine their your tastes. Netflix has now led the AI to write a movie, and this is the result. And the end product is a movie in which Ryan Reynolds and Johnson play characters they've played before and say things they've said before and do things they've done before in service of a tired, contrived, simple-minded mess of a buddy flick. The characters live a life without consequence as they are beaten up, beaten, blown up, concussed and fall from great heights without the slightest harm. If the MCU was a germ that sent Hollywood down this dead-end road, this movie is the coronavirus. There is not a single original exchange of dialogue or line of dialogue in this movie. The characters all speak in the same voice as if they're at a production meeting. Worse than that, it's like the notes on the scripts found their way into the actors' mouths as though mistyped on the final draft by an inexperienced studio typist. The cast exists inside a bubble with no interaction with the real world. There's no sense of a larger universe. I suppose giving life to anyone other than the main five characters proved problematic for the limited abilities of the program that came up with this. This claustrophobic effect in the writing is heightened by the painfully obvious use of green screen and CGI effects that failed to convince. Hint to filmmakers, stop trying to fool us with those phony lens flares until you figure out how to do them. To call this movie a train wreck is an insult to the old 97. At least train wrecks are exciting and surprising. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I mean, Chuck is not wrong. It is a very... It's not just formulaic. It's so predictable. And he's right. It's Ryan Reynolds doing Ryan Reynolds, but kind of doing almost like he's not even putting that much work into it. Dwayne Rock Johnson just sort of, he turns up, he does his thing, and Gal Gadot, she's the sexy girl, and she does very little. It's just, it, there's just no sense of spontaneity or even in what should be a fun movie. It's kind of more like a slight, you have a slight smile in a few bits because it just seals so devoid of any originality, basically. Um, it, it honestly feels a bit tired, if I have to be honest. Oh, God, yes. Can I, can I, I said, I'm sorry, but if, if Jesus Christ, that to me is like the Bermuda Triangle of like 
waste of time. Gal Gadot, Rock, and Ryan Reynolds in a movie together. I just go, oh my god, I don't have the energy for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I we watched it, and look, Michelle and I gave we both gave it sevens, but I felt I was being generous. But I was also like, it was a lightweight watch, and honestly, if your expectations are very low on a Friday night, which mine were, because we weren't doing the show. <laughs> And you just have it on, and that you had that kind of dead part of your brain, and you just kind of like, it's on and it's okay. That's it. But I, I just, it's not a classic by any means, you know. Oh, I had no doubt it was. I, I doubted it was going to be like, oh my god, this is going to be like a classic for the ages. Well, it's you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like in the Rat Pack movies. By the time we got to 1968, and Peter Lawford and Sammy Davis just did Salt and Pepper together in London. And it's like, yeah, everything was a little tired by then. Sinatra had left the party. You know what I mean? Dino wasn't yeah, involved. But but you know what? I but I just this to me just absolutely shows um, just Hollywood's absolute laziness when it uh, when it comes to casting. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I just they're so uninspired and unoriginal. Yeah, true. Well, like, they like they like know, a sure thing, Rich. They like a sure thing. Well, yeah, but the thing is, you know what? Like. Even like the, my issue with The Rock, right? I get it. He's a charismatic guy and all that sort of crap. But even the even Arnold Schwarzenegger knew to like do uh, more goofier comedy stuff sparingly. Yeah, you know because I mean, one, you know, you got the accent and all that, but also he's he's a big fucking buff dude. Yeah, you know, he's the size of a fucking building. You can't, you know what I mean? Like I, The Rock as an FBI agent, I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> You know, I'm sorry. I just, I, I find, a, a, you know, I just find that a bit hard to believe. It's the same. I can't take him seriously in those Fast and Furious movies either. It's like, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm very over the rock. I'll be honest with you. Like okay. I, I just go, ugh, another rock movie. There was a funny thing I saw. It was a quote that where Vin Diesel had said that he tried <laughs> In Fast and the Furious, the reason they got into like heated exchanges was he was trying to lift the rocks acting to some whole new level that he felt that needed to be at. And Rock was like, I had a good laugh at that. We all had a good laugh at that. And, you know, I mean, I like The Rock. And he's fine in this. In, in fact, The Rock is probably the strongest in this movie. If anyone, I think Ryan Reynolds really, really, really doesn't really uh, put in in this movie. I my, my my from just the trailer i think they're all phoning it in honestly yeah it is a bit of a i think you know what they're all there just to have a good time yeah and that's it they're not actually there to make a movie like that's a secondary thing they're there yeah. to just have fun but i remember when frank sinatra did oceans 11 he ripped out pages of the script when he said it was too long and he said shoot the rest of it they still made a great movie and they were, they were gambling all night and whoring all night and then they'd shoot in the day you know uh, they still made it very entertaining. It, it, Ocean's Eleven had life. This is dead. This is like yeah, but you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like you, you can get away with doing shit like that if you make a good product. Yeah, you don't get to do that if you're making a shitty product or like a eh, product. You don't get to yeah. carry on like it's this great thing and like you know because after their movie they were like. Oh my god, we love each other so much. We want to do a Black Adam, Deadpool, Wonder Woman oh, team up movie. I was go, oh, shut your mouths, please. Did they really oh, say that? Yes, they did. <laughs> that would be a fucking disaster. 
And that's never going to happen as well. Can I say no, that? No, but it's it's the but it's just the way they carry on. Yeah. Well. Whenever these actors today make a fucking movie together, they're all like up each other's bums, man. Like seriously, it's so <laughs> grating. <laughs> I, I I definitely could see Gal Gadot and The Rock doing because uh, how big they are, they could definitely. Well, they in the DC, they can. Yeah. But why do you have to include Deadpool? Because I love Ryan Reynolds. So we got good buddies. Who gives a fuck? I don't care. Yeah, okay. Well, it wasn't great, man. It wasn't great. In fact, I wouldn't recommend it to you, Rich. I, I'd say skip that one. It's all right. Even if you did, I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> no, fair enough. Uh, now, uh, Marvel fans are boycotting Hawkeye in support of act- artist David Aja after he said, pay me, regarding they're using a lot of his sort of art images and stuff in the mm. promotional material and in the in the in at the start of the show, and there's apparently no check mm. coming his way. So what's your reaction, Rich? Um... Uh, it depends. I mean, if he did the work for Marvel and he gave it to them and they paid him, then he was paid. Marvel can replicate it, do whatever they want with it. They own it. So obviously, but this I is mean, this is again. I mean, look, another... it, would, it would be nice, but that attitude doesn't help because I I I don't like bad deals and all that. But then if you do sign a bad deal, mm. like I, I'm tired of you playing the victim and like. Oh, they're taking advantage of me. No, they took advantage of you when they when you were stupid enough to sign a bad deal. Yeah. But you signed the deal at the end of the day. You you did the work, you did the cover, mm. you handed it in, they paid you for it, mm. they bought it from you. <laughs> it's like it's, imagine if I sold you my car, right? Sure. And then um I'm demanding that you um you you pay me if you make changes to the car. Right, or I yeah. say to you, hey, if you sell my car, I, I need a piece of that action because you're selling my car. Oh, well, I mean, definitely contractually, uh, Marvel don't have to pay him, clearly. There's, yeah, so well, I'm yeah. saying maybe don't be a dick about it and just be like, you know, just be like, hey, uh, just speak to them. Don't bring If you bring it into the public, I feel that I that's... You, I don't think you're going to get in great. Yeah, yeah, look, you may win, but it's not going to ingratiate yourself. You may burn that bridge. I think, and then, though, they, and then from forward they go, "Fuck it, not giving him any work. We're not buying, you know, we're not hiring him or whatever." I'm just saying, like, maybe do it behind closed doors before you although, go. Take it to how about the Brubaker? Streets. Brubaker, he he pushed for it. He didn't get it. He then he put it out in the public. His attitude is, "I've got a lot of other stuff in the works. I'm independent. I've been independent now for ten years. I don't need them." So any waves I make and anything I get out of it is going to be, you know, to his favor. David no, Archer? He, but he did that after he tried yeah. to do it behind closed doors, is my point. Mm. He gave them the opportunity. Yeah. But this guy's gone straight to social media. Yeah. yeah. Like, so if, if this is a company that you've worked for, be a professional mm. and first go behind closed doors, because guess what? At least they may acquiesce to you. And if they don't, well, you guess what? You gave them the chance to be the, the good guy. Yeah. Or you gave them a chance to, to, to sort it out. But if you're going to go straight to social media, I'm just saying, you you, you may win at the end of the day, but you could also lose um, because of that winning. Yeah, you could lose out. Like, you know, especially if you went straight to social media. Mm. Yeah. Instead of, you know, because maybe they said, listen, you should have just, you know, come to me and I would have organized something for you. But if you go straight, you, you've you've taken it out of their hands, and and now you want to. I don't know. It'd said, be like, interesting to see. It'd be interesting to know what success, if any, he he has with this strategy. I'd be I'd be interested as a just a spectator, almost like to 
to know if he does have any success with this strategy, which I do agree is, you know, it's... um considering Marvel can rest on their contract and basically say, we don't need to pay you anything. But, but also, but hang on, but also, and, and this is another thing where it's, I do feel it's a little bit different. Mm. If they were creating a different show and character mm. and they used your artwork. Yeah. Then I would say, Oh, you know, you've got a bit of a point. They kind of just copied your, your, your poster for a completely different character or movie or, or something like that. But the fact that they were using your, the, the posters you designed, they were recreating live action for a Hawkeye, mm. the character that you designed it for in the first place. I kind of feel like you might not have much of a leg to but stand would it on. Have ki- would it have killed them for PR to toss him 10K? That's that's my, uh, that's my question. Look, uh, I don't know because art covers is not the same thing, I think, as actually doing like writing and all that. Like you are paid commission to, you know, they throw you a bone and say, draw a cover and we pay you. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, you don't, it's not the same thing as making a book. But he he did the art for David Aja did the artwork on Hawkeye. No, he, no, okay, he was the interior artist. That... He was the interior artist as well. Yeah, but I'm yeah, but I'm sure he's getting he would be getting any royalties for any characters that he helped co-create. Is my point. Well, he didn't co-create. But, but you don't. But no, but you. Okay, look. At, let's say they hire me right to do a Superman cover. Yes. I didn't create Superman. I don't own Superman. What royalties must I get because I did a Superman cover? I own nothing about that other than I did the work to, well, to make a cover ta- of characters I don't are, own. I don't believe in royalties on covers. But they are taking all these visual cues and his stylings, which are very distinctive on Hawkeye. It was a big part of what made that yes, character Yes, and they're doing a up. show that fits into that, and they're just replicating the the, the covers and stuff. But see, that to me, That's is, said, that to me is where the payment should come. As a, you know? okay, as a, no, I disagree. If they were doing it for something else, mm. like if they were doing some show called fucking, I don't know, Miss Marvel, Mm. Right, and they were using his covers mm. and recreating his covers for that show. Mm. Then I'd be like, hey, "Hey, hey, you used <laughs> my work as inspiration for a different show or a different character." Mm. I, I think, but if they're doing it for the fuck, you, it's it's almost part and parcel. You did it for Hawkeye, and they're using it for Hawkeye. Yeah, they they just they just recreating it for a live action interpretation. But that's of that's that the character. same as what Brubeck was saying. He's saying like, I created Winter Soldier. I Again, did all this but stuff. he created Winter Soldier. This guy didn't fucking create any of these these well, characters. Well, he, he, he created the Russians. They created the Russian guys. Are they the, on the cover? The well, the, I'm just saying, if if the, look, I've not watched Hawkeye, but if they do use the Russian storyline, that's that's yes, that's correct. Then you know. he gets then he gets a chunk or a, a, a whatever. But I think we have to draw the line at fucking covers, mate. Like seriously. Okay. Just... Like there's got to be a line somewhere. Like I, I'm sorry, but well, right now is... the line, right now the line is they're not paying them at all. That's the and line by right the now. way, and by the way, you <laughs> you actually get to make money off those covers. Oh, not me. <laughs> I was like me. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, as in like the artist, when you create right. a cover, I can go to a convention and sell it with my signature on it. Yeah. For as, for as much money as I want. Uh-huh. Because I, I, I still keep the right to do that. So, no, I don't think they owe him anything. He can go sell those covers now. Those covers might actually be worth more now because of the show. He can go fucking hawk them and put his signature on it and they'll probably sell more. So, no, I don't think they owe him anything as an artist who wow. can sell that work over and over and over. Okay. Rich. To, like, fans. No, there's got to be a line somewhere, Dave. I'm sorry. Like, we, we can't just keep saying, ooh, Im, them bad, them bad. There's got to be a line somewhere. The company has to own something at some point. 
But they do own it. It's an ex-Gratia payment, if anything. Yeah, but everyone wants a handout for them using shit that they now own. Well, it is, it is that 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 I do agree with. You are right there. Like there is, and I'm and I support David Aja in this. I believe that there, there, you are right though. That is, there is a conversation over everyone's hands out. Everyone's got their hand out, so it's it's like no one's ever paid enough for anything, really. Yeah. In, in so that that is true. That said. I do think I'd throw in 10K just to shut him up. Shut up, money. That's what I would do. Uh, I'd say you're fired. You're never working for Marvel again. But that's just me. Because, again, he could ruin it for all other artists, eh? Yeah. Because they could turn around and say, no, we, you made this cover for us. We fucking own it. You don't get to sell it at a convention. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't get to print 50 copies of it, put your True. signature on it, True. and sell it for 50 bucks. True. We, do, which we is, put in an end that's, to that. That's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah which, is, which, is, which is, I think, why so few cause waves as well because of that exactly what you've just said um yeah that, that's why a lot of artists love doing covers yeah i know yeah. If, you, if you get paid a commission to do a cover you can then if people love that cover you keep selling it so what you do they do website. i'm an idiot so are you say what do they have they have like a like a poster of it is that what they have yeah they can make a poster of it or something and sell it they they can go print or fifty copies of right. their of of a copy of their poster of their cover. Yeah, you know I've got a couple in my room. I've got uh, um, issue covers mm. that a guy reprinted. Yeah, uh, one of them is, is Nunes and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I've even got one from Nicholas Scott and all that. Like they've reprinted it and they get to sell it at convention with their yeah. signature on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like it's not like you made a cover for Disney and they've you've made no money off of it since they paid you. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can walk it anywhere you want. Okay, man. I, I feel you, Rich. I, you're impassioned, but I like your I like your passion on this topic, Rich. You you you're pumped up. Well, if we don't draw a line somewhere, then it then at the end of the day all the companies will just say fuck off. We'll get an algorithm to fucking draw shit and, and write stories. That way we own everything and we don't have to keep giving you money because you decide you want more money all the time. Mm. Like, you know, we have to we have to be clear. As people are trying to fight for better deals and stuff, we've got to be also clear where the boundaries are. But we, I, can't, we can't keep moving the boundaries. My argument would be, my argument would be this, simply put. That Hawkeye series that's on screens now, and I haven't watched it, but the fact it's got Kate Bishop, the fact that it's got all the looks and the cues and it's got Hawkeye with the hearing aid and et cetera, et cetera. All the stuff from their run, I would throw a bone ex gratia, ten k or fifteen k to Fraction and to David Asher. And no, I would I would pay him for uh, for co creating in the story. I'd give him a royalty or paycheck if they. That's what I'm saying. I, I, for, I, no, for whatever the, the reason, stories. I'd throw the money though and say that's the money. That's it. Um, I think that's the way to do it. Uh, yeah, but he, you know. can I be honest with you? I think he probably has been paid. Right. But now he wants money because they've used his covers. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that is. A that's, what, that's what I want to find out. If he has been paid. Yeah. If he's. If he's royalties. Or if, or if he's been cut a check because they're using a story and characters in the TV show. Yeah. And now he's saying, oh, you used the covers that uh, you paid me to draw in your yeah. promotion of it in a live action version. I want more money. Then I'm like, no, I don't. doesn't work like that. Yeah. You got paid for your story and your characters. They own that cover, and they've allowed you to resell copies of that cover yeah. to people at, at conventions and stuff and all that. You know how much money you've probably made off reprints of that cover that goes straight into your pocket? A fair That's, bit. You've got to draw the line. You, you have yeah. to draw the line somewhere. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. No, I hear you, man. I hear you, Rich. 
Um, it's interesting. It's an interesting discussion. Um, but yeah, two, two different approaches to. I, I'm I'm more a fan of the ex gratia payment, which is which is what what they're pushing for. And I and I do appreciate they're pushing for this. Just like uh, what they really should be doing is, if they're serious, they should have unionized 40, 50 years ago. And the fact they haven't done that is what's led to this situation uh, where they're basically at the they're beholden to ex gratia payments because of the lack of kind of collective bargaining. Well, actually, you know what? I, I think I've asked this question before, and I would love it if there's any American listeners who could answer this question for me. Mm. If you are paid... If you are work for hire, yeah, can you unionize? Right, or is it only like contract employees? As in, like a comp a company gives you a long term contract, mm. and you work for that company like year after year I'm after year until can, retirement. Can, can, like, can if you are work for hire, if you're like a we hire you for six months or we hire you for one year, and that's it. But you could be part of a you comics unionize? union. You could be part of a comics union, and that comics union would then would then um uh you know interact with the um the employers rather than the freelancers having to sign their own contracts and stuff the the the, the union would be behind them to get rates of pay to get participation payment blah 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 that's that's the way to do it if you no know. But, but I want to clarify because I don't know the I don't know the American like legal and all that sort of stuff like right. can you actually unionize can I, I'm typing into Google can a contractor all employees, all employees, and independent contractors are free to choose to join or not join a union. It's illegal for a person to pressure another person about their choice. That's oh, that's from the that's from Australian. That's Australian. So, can a contractor join a union in the United States? Let's let's type this in. I would think so. I I'm sure that all sorts of professional organisations over there have unions. Um, all about unions. Uh, da, da, da. I work for a privately owned franchise. Can my union bargain with its parent company? The answer is yes. Okay, so I don't know. Um, hmm, interesting. I I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, and I especially have no idea about the union laws over in the states. But no, the fact is, they have because I don't know if there's a difference between full time and contract work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but that, but like. That's why they're in this position, because they haven't unionized. And what happens is that, that to keep their gig, they need to stay silent. That's why so few speak out, because they want to keep the money coming in, because they know <laughs> that if, you know, David Finn doesn't, you know, speaks out too much, I stop getting the cover gig. I stop getting the gigs. And that goes to Richard, who's willing to work yeah. for the same rate. You know what I mean? Like there's there's... There's more people that want in than there are positions. So yeah, but can I be? Uh, I don't know. Like I, I get what you're saying, and, and part of me does agree, but there's also a part of me that's like I don't want to make it harder for the current crop of writers to be fired. <laughs> Classic. I like. Like it. I don't. I don't want shitty writers. That what we was have it? That what was that person's name and, that you really dislike? Mags, someone. Oh, there's a lot, man. There's yeah. uh, Mags Vestagio, there's uh, <laughs> uh, Vida Ayala. Uh, like, I'm sorry, there's a lot of... I don't know any of these people at are... all. This is how little I must read. I just but but if those people about. unionize, that, that's it. They're like a fucking tick that's stuck in and you're not getting rid of it. A lot of those people, from what I've seen on their Twitter feeds, are fucking hardline communists almost. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, Jesus sure, Christ. Sure. Like, 
like, and, and I, I don't, I don't use me to generalize about all of them, but but I've seen some of their tweets, and I'm like, wow, like talk about aggressively, um, sort of liberal. Uh, that's they're they're pushing it more into like communism, if anything. You well, know? I think Vida uh, sent a tweet out the one day that said, oh, if you're gonna like criticize my friends and and talk bad about my friends, then don't ask me for an interview. And it's okay. like. Who, who are you? It's what, like, no, well, she just sent it out to everyone. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? You won't go do shows or, or, or interview people because they criticize or oh, right. like, they speak yeah. negatively about your your other your buddies in yeah, the Marvel that's work. That's pathetic. Like, you, you're kidding me? This yeah, is what's wrong. The yeah. current crop of writers don't want criticism. Yeah, that's pathetic. They just want to be told, you're brilliant. You're, you're the best. That's pathetic. Everyone like, loves it. That's pathetic. Um, yeah. Do I want to make it harder to get rid of these people? Hell no. <laughs> no that is pathetic. Like, I, I'm sorry. I, I've said it before on the show, I, and I hate to repeat myself, but I will. Um, I've written three books and published three books. When you put a product out to the mass audience, at the end of the day, it, everyone tries to do a good job. You know, at the end of the day, the audience is going to react how the audience will react. You'll get positive reviews, you'll get negative reviews, you'll get neutral reviews. And frankly, that's entertainment. That's show business. You know, I'm sorry, the business of show. Like, that's just the way it goes. And, you know, every single person who's ever put out a piece of entertainment to the mass mainstream public, uh, that's just the nature of business. You know, everyone's gotten a bad review. I'm sorry. You know, Francis Ford Coppola's gotten bad reviews. Um, Alan Moore's gotten bad reviews. You know, Chuck Dixon's got in bad reviews. Like, everyone's got in bad reviews. And you have to learn to live with the lumps because that's just... The, and don't believe your own hype as well. Like, you're only as good as your last book. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the nature of the business. Uh, I, I oh, hate to... That, that, that means these people have never been good. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, no I, I, I'm being serious. Like, you know, like, honestly, like, that's a childish way to, to behave. Like, oh, if you... If, if you say anything negative, like, it's like, calm down. We're, we're reviewing books. Like, what do you just want me to just do thumbs up, five stars to everything that comes out? Like, really? Is that yes, really what you want? What, that's what they want. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Another classic. 10 out of 10. She's done it again. <laughs> that's funny. I, by the way, I have no idea who that person even is. So, you know. Mirayala, she writes on X-Men. Right. Well, she oh, did. Right. I don't know if she still does. She was writing on X Men with Hickman. She's the one who right. did that horrible Children of the Atom. Right. Which was where she took humans pretending to be mutants with the same powers as Cyclops, Gene, Nightcrawler, mm -hmm. Archangel, and Gambit. Right. I got to say that that X Men runs left me cold. I've completely abandoned it. Apart from Wolverine, I've just completely abandoned it. I'm so, I feel bad for doing that, but I just, I just, I honestly just don't care enough, you know? Yeah. It's hard to care about a lot of the current shit. So yeah. So I, don't, I, I like, don't blame you. Yeah. I don't know. But one, one day maybe I'll try again, but it's almost like too, there's too much of it. I think there's just so much of it and they're all so it's all, it just feels like you've got to read everything. And I'm sort of like, I don't really like it that much. <laughs> I don't want to have to read all this shit. Like it's, you know, you know, it just, it's like, wow, it's a lot of stuff that I don't care about. I think I'll just uh, read something else. Um, so it's, it's really hard because I'll be honest with you. I do look every week and every month. I do look at what's out and I can't, 
I, I just go, oh, no. Well, there's, Sorry, there's, there's, I there's, just look there's, at it and I go, There's enough no. stuff for the show. There's enough stuff for the show of interest. But No, but I mean, like, for when I used to, how I used to, like, you know, you yeah. know, collect and I used to always look for what's new and what's out. And mm. when I was a collector, I look at stuff now and I just go, oh, oh nothing. Yeah, it's it's slimmer pickings than it used to be. That's also because, as well, we're we're a couple of generations out of who they're writing for now, too. We're probably at the at the upper end now, and they're and they're. I, you know. I, I don't know if I agree with that, Dave, because when I was growing up, I read comics from all different fucking decades. Right. When they were writing for different, you know, like when I was growing up, I was reading comics from the eighties, the seventies. Sure. Yeah. And like and 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 stuff. So I don't agree that there's this generational thing. Good is just good. Yeah. Like sure. I, I, good is just good. I'm sorry. I grew up I listened to music that was well before my time. I watched movies oh, yeah. that were current and well before my time and stuff. I I don't believe in this like oh it's written for a different generation. No, quality is quality. Yeah. I just wonder especially with Marvel. If I don't know, I've read good Marvel. I, I've enjoyed their Spider Man and stuff, but but that X Men has left me a bit cold. I'll be honest with you. I I gave it a big chance at the start, and then I just got to the point where I was like, I don't care. You know, uh, it's, like it's almost like if they could, uh, I'll I'll be honest with you, Rich. If they could somehow compress it so it was less, there's too many titles almost for me. There's, I know, like, it's almost like, to be an X-Men fan, they, I know in the 90s there was a lot of titles, it's like they've replicated that, but what it's all based on, I'm not actually that huge a fan of, like, the whole reboot itself, in a weird way, you know how it was all rebooted by Hickman, I was always a bit on the fence about that, and then they've spawned so many fucking titles from that, and I'm like, yes, but I'm not sure if... The inception point I particularly am enamored with as well, you know. I like I, I don't know. I'm 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 curiously ambivalent to what was at one point one of my favorite franchises, and I and I think writers like obviously Chris Claremont and Grant Morrison, but I think Ed Brubaker did a very good job on X Men, um, and and you know like I prefer that to what they're doing now, you know. And he didn't have a long run, but what I read, I was like, yeah, this is X Men. This is cool. This is interesting, and 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 I don't know. It's just they've gone their own direction, and they should be applauded in some ways for that, because they're really stuck to their vision. And I wonder how those books are selling. They'd be interested to get the numbers. Well, um, here's you. You know what? Just listen to you know, and you know when you're talking about generational stuff and all that. If the generation stuff is like so, oh, it's very different. Then why are you retelling the same stories? Why are you doing a clone saga with Miles Morales? Well, that's Why you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Why are you repeating the same events if it's different generations? Yeah, but that's just branding. The the, the clone saga was no, but but you know what I mean. But my point is, you like you you can't you, you you're just retelling the same stories, but you're doing it in a less a, a worse way. Yeah, yeah, true. Well, that's also the nature of. I mean, look! Look how poor the, the 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 second civil war was to the first one. <laughs> it's all awful. Yeah, no, but that's part of the. If I can, I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest. That's part of the trap uh, and problem at times with the big two comics. Uh, something like X Men. Okay, like you and I, uh, we read a lot of Claremont's run. We might not have read all of it, but we read a big chunk of that early stuff. 
We probably dove in a few more times, like Grant Morrison, Brew Baker, Fraction. I read all that stuff. Um, other periods were lackluster, but it was around. But at a certain point with some of these characters, it's almost like they hit the bubble of what's possible with the character and sort of there's not much more they can do or think of and so they eventually just regress back to where they were 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and then they start again. It's 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 a bit repetitive. Like, it's almost... And this goes for characters I love as well. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Like, they progress a character so far that they go, okay, but let's take that back a few more steps now and let's start again and let's tread the same path again, just a slightly different sort of, like, let's let's change the background a little bit and we'll go up the path again. But the, everything's a slightly different, but quite the same. Then we'll take it back down again and then we'll go up the path again and we'll just change the background again. There's a repetitiveness to it. And I think that's part of these characters have to constantly stay in print and can never evolve too far. That's just my take. And I do feel Hickman, to his credit, did radically try a different kind of approach, which I thought was interesting. I I was never sure, though, if that was... I'm sort of like, it's interesting, but I don't know. I preferred it like back in like the fucking late 70s when Claremont was, had them on the island and all that kind of shit, you know? Uh, it was more yeah. raw. Um Am I making sense? But but I yeah, but I also think that those people just had better ideas. Yeah. Yes, comics are 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 secular, right? Yeah. Like the, you have to at some point you have to kind of reset the characters back to what they were. Yeah. Or in a sense, or, or bring them back a little bit. Yeah. Right. Like you can't you can't keep on going too far. Yeah. Because you have to keep telling these stories, but we're not to that point. We're to the point where they're like. We have hired people that are literally have no fucking new ideas of their own. <laughs> like they don't have anything to the level of what Claremont and all them were doing. Yeah. So let's just get them to let's just say here, read this and do your version of it, or just yeah. copy that. So a Clone Saga that was a big popular thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that for Miles Morales because you got nothing else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't you don't know what to do with the character, so just give him his own Clone Saga. And that's so disappointing with a Miles Morales because. To me, he's a cool character, and you could do, like Spider-Man, there's so much you could do with, like, a Miles Morales character. You don't need to mirror Peter Parker's story, you know? Um, yeah, 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 agreed. Like, you know, he's an interesting enough character, and, and I feel it's easier with Miles Morales, because you don't, it's not fucking, X-Men's like a lot of people. It's like a cast of 200 or 300 mutants, like, if you had a list. Miles Morales, it's just Miles Morales, you know, and then he's gonna get created. You could create his own supporting cast. You could, you could probably, I'd probably take him out of New York City if he hasn't already been taken out, and I'd, I'd remove him a bit from Peter. And you could, you could tell some entertaining stories and blah blah blah. You could build it. You don't need. I wouldn't be like, oh, you know, it's a clone saga, and he needs to fight his own Doctor Octopus. <laughs> he needs his own Electro, which it almost feels. Now I don't know if they do that, but it feels like that's what they do. You know, when I see when I saw Clone Conspiracy, Miles Morales, I did roll my eyes. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I I agree. Like you just go, ugh. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I know. When's Judas Traveler going to turn up? Um, <laughs> I don't know. But the whole thing's the whole thing's a bit. They are a bit devoid of ideas, and you know, sometimes sometimes I feel like I wish that that boat in the Marauders would just go out, and the whole fucking the whole group would just sink. <laughs> it would just fucking sink to the bottom of the ocean. I'm like, 
Well, I guess we're done. <laughs> like, you know, tap dancing. Well, okay. all that Actually, you know what? I, here, here's a really good um, uh, litmus test, right? Mm. Uh, for, for, for Because we're using X-Men as an example, right? Yeah. What has been in, let's say, mm. I don't know, I'll give you maybe 10 years. Yeah. What has been a... a Actually, no, let's go five years because I think that's kind of when like your Vidayalas and, and and all that sort of stuff have been working on the books, right? Five, six years now. Right. What new character have they introduced that has actually gone on to be anywhere close to successful as any of the other I have no new idea. Mutants? I have like, no you know idea. What I mean? like, like X-Men started with the core team, right? Yes. You had uh, Cyclops, Iceman, Angel, all this sort of stuff. They were popular characters, right? Yes. Then you had like Chris Claremont on the come in, and then Wolverine you had and all that. Nightcrawler and uh, Colossus and Storm and all that sort of stuff, right? Sure. And and you had Wolverine, and then over the years they have introduced popular new mutants. Yeah, definitely. That have become popular in their own right, like definitely. Gambit. Yeah, you Emma, know what I mean, like Emma Frost. Other, yeah, other X Men writers have introduced new X Men and new mutants that have become mainstay popular characters. You know the only two I can think of. What new characters have been released in the last five years I can't that are on those any. that are on that level? I can't think of any that have crossed over outside the X Men books. If there are, you know, you know the only characters I think that are really popular in inside the last say ten years are Quentin Quire, and that but barely. Well, yes, but but he achieved something though, and the blobby one, wherever his name is, you know, the guy with the with the weird face. He was in something we read recently. I forget his name. It's like Blob or something. You know, he's he's got like a really weird expression all the time. Like he's always sweating and stuff. He we, he was in something we read recently. He was on the computer. He was no, on... but, but you know what I mean. Like they've like they even introduced popular characters. He's like he's like, like translucent. Know? Do you know the guy I'm talking about? He's like translucent. You can. I s- I, I think so. But that's my point. The the fact that you like we we're struggling to even <laughs> recall the character is my point. Yeah, good point. Like. Yeah. They, the the fact that you're like oh 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 they're like no like you should be able to name popular yeah. mutants and X Men true no you're right you 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 you're totally right there Rich um no they in that sense they've failed and, and the fact she's saying don't ask me for an interview well firstly don't worry love I'm not um <laughs> but, but 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 you know like who are you is my question um but but secondly calm down you need to be able to take some criticism like I I agree don't get her on and and fucking witch hunter. But at the same time, we're in the business, the pundit business, uh, reviewing. It's just the nature of the business. There's going to be some highs and lows. And as someone who's had my own work out there in the in the public, and I've had five star reviews, and I've had one star reviews, and that's just the nature of the business. And you know, really, I mean, if someone asked me tomorrow if I wanted to come on and talk to Morn on their podcast, I would. You know, um, you've got to be a bit professional about the whole thing. Um, this this kind of like I am just an artiste and I can't you know nothing I've ever done is everything I've done is like classic. I mean the Beatles had bad reviews, Rich. You know what I'm saying? The the Beatles, uh, you know, not all their like people criticised the album Beatles for sale. You know, at the time when it came out, it was considered a bit of a lesser work from the Beatles. Any now, look, any popular. I don't care how famous, how popular they are. Mm. Everyone has had a bad review at some point. That's it. That's it. It's just the nature of it's the nature of entertainment. I'm sorry, like God. Um, anyway, uh, we have more news about Black Panther two, and Letitia Wright. These injuries are worse than originally believed. Rich, we're really going into like territory here. She's really 
do you feel she's injured? Do you think it's a cover-up? What do you think, Rich? Well, what do we know what the injury is? I believe it may have been a injury, but I don't remember what it was. Dislocated shoulder or something, I believe she may have had. I mean, um, that can be that can be pretty serious. I mean, if if you don't have much movement in your arm, it's going to be difficult to to act. Yeah, but but, but Rich, I mean, I've seen, I've be I've watched people with dislocated shoulders get it popped back in on the rugby field, for example. You know. Uh, yeah, but you're talking about like athletes who've probably had that happen before and have probably have some sort of tolerance. You yeah. Know? Plus, I mean, their muscles are stronger to begin with. Yeah. But you yeah. know what? Yeah. Actually, Dave, I can tell you this: they may get it popped in and start and keep playing. Yeah. But they feel that tomorrow morning. They sure do. They sure right? do. When, when when the adrenaline and the heat and the muscles have now cooled down, yeah, trust yeah. me, they are oh, there. Yeah. The next morning, they're like, "Oh my god, I can't move my fucking arm." So yeah. Now I've got, I've know. got, I've got an, I've got the injuries here. So what we initially had thought: this is Kevin Feige. Uh, we initially thought were minor injuries turned out to be much more serious, with Letitia suffering a critical shoulder fracture and concussion with severe side effects. It has been a painful process, and Letitia has been at home recovering with her doctors and the support of family. Uh, yada, yada, yada. We have adjusted the production schedule, so she has time she needs to heal, but there's only so much we can do with that shuri. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And the rest is just all like, oh, we miss her so much, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she is allegedly unvaccinated. Um, she may not be able to return to the US due to new travel restrictions. Um, Feige's letter shows no signs of that being an issue. The speculation about a Marvel situation is probably not going away anytime soon. Do you think they're still negotiating behind closed doors about the vaccination? She's obviously in the UK. She probably can't travel to the States if she's not vaccinated, Rich. That could be a factor. Uh, no, I don't think it'll be a factor if she's traveling to the States because if I... I've been following it closely, but I think um, uh, I think uh, Biden tried to do a vaccine mandate and right. it got slapped down by the courts. Okay, all right. Because again, you have to remember, America is very different to the rest of the world. Yeah, you you could you could do a vaccine mandate in Australia and England and 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 France and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you get people to disagree, but they don't have any legal yeah. avenue or course to fight it. In America, you can if. If Americans feel that the president has done something, even the president has done something unconstitutional, yeah, the courts will step in. They get charged. So yeah. that's true. I don't know. That's the thing. America's different. You're going back to America. No, I don't think that'll affect it. Now, she couldn't probably go anywhere else, really. But because um, those other countries will have. What if the What if the set stuff. has a vaccine mandate though? What if What if Disney have a vaccine mandate at the set? That could again, be you you cannot have it if. If the Supreme Court has said that it, you, it, it's unconstitutional to have a vaccine mandate, then Disney oh, I can't thought have it. plenty of places in the states had vaccine mandates at their workplaces. Well, no, no, no. But it depends on the state, though. True, true. Like the states, like Florida and all that, they don't have a vaccine mandate. True. So true. Disney cannot even implement because I think they've got a Disneyland or something or Disneyland, Disney World in Florida. Yeah, they do. Yeah, Florida. Yeah. So that so there, Disney cannot implement the vaccine mandate in those parks that they own there. Yeah, in but that state. Where are they shooting this movie? I don't know. Probably California. I don't. I honestly have no idea where they shoot the movie. Okay. Definitely well, not. Definitely not Africa. <laughs> they're not in Africa. They're not shooting in Wakanda. <laughs> okay, can I just say I am not at all looking forward to Black Panther two. Can I just say that right now? I am. I'm at zero expectation for that movie. Like the further oh, adventures I, of Shuri, I, I couldn't care I, less. Uh, no, I, again, I, I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I know, but to be fair, I don't even. I've never liked Black Panther even in the comics, so oh, I've, I've been very I've, consistent in my. <laughs> I've never really liked Black Panther, but I've never not read a lot of Black Panther. But but like, yeah, he's never been a character that's at all interested me. I I didn't mind him a bit more in modern times when he was in like New Avengers and stuff. Um, uh, with Hickman, I I liked him there and stuff like seeing the Black Panthers, the dead Black Panthers, how they went to the spirit world and stuff. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but like in general, I couldn't care less about the character. But the I liked the first movie, but now they're like, oh, this one's Black Panther two without Black Panther, and I'm like, oh, great! Like, yeah, exactly. Why do you care? <laughs> oh, gee, just what I wanted. <laughs> More adventures in Wakanda without Black Panther. Great. Um, Love it. I want. Yeah, that's like going to see James Bond without James Bond in it. Yeah, it's like it's a new James Bond. Is James Bond in it? No. Nope. Uh, definitely not. Oh. Okay, great. Definitely not. This is all about Q. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> this is all about Q. M? No, just Q. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, he's in his laboratory doing shit all movie. Oh, great. Oh, no, no, no. It's actually a movie about Money Penny <laughs> Money sitting Penny. at the desk taking calls and, and booking in, in clients and, and uh, meetings and stuff. Now, we've got some uh, D. Martin news. Uh, Dean Martin didn't attend JFK's inauguration uh, because the doctor reveals it was pretty remarkable. His pal, Sammy Davis Jr., wasn't invited to John F. Kennedy's 61 inauguration, and in response, the singer refused to go out of loyalty to the fellow Rat Pack member. Now, I believe Sinatra was the MC at that inauguration, uh, was the master of ceremonies, and was a big supporter of JFK and moved heaven and earth to get him elected in a very tight election race with uh, Nixon back in 1960, and there was alleged, as we all know, mob involvement. Um, but, yeah, interesting that when Sammy got blacklisted, pardon the term, uh, from attending due to an interracial marriage, which was causing some controversy, Dean Martin was the one who said, well, I'm not going, when Sinatra uh, did go and was the MC. Interesting insight into the Rat Pack mechanics, Rich. Yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest. We people like to think that they were all, you know, buddy buddy and on everything and all that. But let's be honest, that they're people at the end of the day, they disagree on some things. Well, apparently, yeah. Dino was just like, "Well, I'm not going." You know, like he, he probably was not as political as Sinatra as well. He probably didn't have as much invested in JFK anyway. Uh, Sinatra really loved JFK. Like they were buddy buddies. You know. Yeah, well, that's the that's why there's so many movies and books about that relationship yeah interesting times and we all know the story marilyn slept around she slept with all of them she slept with uh sinatra i believe she slept with sinatra she definitely slept with jfk and she definitely slept with bobby and mobsters and she had loose lips is the is the you know sadly and may have spelled her end do you believe uh, marilyn was suicidal do you think it was a mob hit or, a, or potentially I, a... I, I i think she just got too coked up one day and made a mistake well, it was pills. They they found her with a lot of pills, like sleeping. Yeah, she had but I'm 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 just saying. I think we are tr- we. I think people are trying to uh, spice up something that was probably just a, a stupid uh, drug overdose by someone who was like. She was know, faltering by the end. She was faltering by the end in her final. But movie, again, you, uh, but my point is, this is a person who's living the high life, partying, yeah. doing drugs, alcohol, and stuff. At some point, you're going to make a mistake. Yeah. True. And you're gonna die, and people are gonna be like, "Oh no, it was murder." Uh, she was gonna feel, you know, spill the beans, and it's like, no, she 
fucking was probably just drunk or high one day and took too many pills and died. Like, yeah, maybe it's not, it's not always as outlandish as we'd like it to be. Sadly, sometimes most often life is just sometimes dull. Yeah. Yeah. Or how we die is just dull, you know, like, like, you know, you know, it's not always as glamorous as, as we, we wish it could be. Sure. At, at Dean Martin's surprise 41st, 45th, uh, 44th uh, birthday party in Las Vegas, a tipsy Marilyn Monroe put her arms around Frank Sinatra. Come on, Frankie, let's make out for the photographers. A witness, a witness recalls her cooing. Frank drew back, escaping the actress's embrace, and commanded one of his bodyguards to keep an eye on her. Um, you know, she, 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 I love her, but she was always well, like, she was, she was, yeah, she was drunk off her face, probably. Yeah, and Frank was like, no, you know. Uh, Marilyn couldn't be saved and died one week later of an apparent overdose. Frank was in shock for weeks. It grew worse <laughs> when he arrived at Westwood Memorial Park and discovered Joe DiMaggio had barred him from the funeral. I loved her too. A Frank's and a, a, distra- a distraught Frank told a pal, no one could say I didn't love her too. Interesting. Interesting stuff. It was a very... It was a very uh, interesting relationship, um, basically. Marilyn was real dependent on Frank. She used to say, if I have a problem, there's only one person I know who can help, Frankie. She was also very close friends, though I don't believe lovers with Dean Martin. She was very close friends with Dean Martin. He, 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 he really liked her. And they did a movie called Something's Gotta Give. But it was unfinished because because Marilyn just couldn't turn up and do her lines. She just got she was too drunk. She was too out of it on pills. She took a lot of pills, a lot, lot of uppers and a lot of downers. And um and Dean Martin there's an interesting thing about it. Dean Martin was very tolerant of her because he liked her. You know, uh he was a friend of her. But even he at the end was like, this is unprofessional. You know, like he, it was. It got to a point where he, she just she just couldn't do a lines. This, this was in the last year or so, you know? Um, so it's a sad story, uh, but you don't believe it was a mob hit, Rich? Uh, no. No, definitely not. You're... Well, not definitely. I mean, I don't... I don't know anything definitely. I just don't... I don't subscribe to that. No. Okay, fair enough. Um, during an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live on November 17, Michael Keaton was asked about his upcoming return as Bruce Wayne Batman in the upcoming Flash movie. But during this, Keaton also revealed who were reprising his role as Vulture. I'm shooting tomorrow. I'm shooting Vulture stuff, Keaton shared. When asked to elaborate, Keaton merely repeated Vulture stuff. So that's more Vulture stuff for, obviously, the Spider-Man franchise, I would assume. You know? Uh, yes. Great. Yeah, well, for the for the, the new movie, yeah. Are they still? Well, they could be shooting for. How could they be shooting for No Way Home? It's coming out in uh, two weeks. Uh, yeah, they could, it could just be the um, post credits. It could just be a, a cameo, like a uh, maybe a present scene, or a yeah, an, an end credit scene. Sure, interesting. Uh, I'm God. I'm looking for. Have I said before? I'm looking forward to this movie, Rich. I mean, honestly, I'm going to be there with bells on. I really am. I'm. I'm I wouldn't be surprised if at night I'm I'm like it's going out of body and I'm floating through the sky as Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like Venom style almost, like soaring across from rooftop to rooftop kind of thing. I'm just in the moment. I'm in the zone, Rich. Does, does Venom fly now? Well, you know, with a big sort of like Venom, you know, things he puts out. Like they're even more strong than Spider-Man's. You know, and he can really go crazy. <laughs> 
There's some good stuff in the Venom movie, actually, about how Venom it shows Venom like going from from like rooftop to rooftop and the amount of damage he does on like the roofs and everything when he lands. It's pretty cool. It's it's a bit reminiscent. Remember Hancock that movie? Um, where Hancock. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. With uh, 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 Will Smith. Smith and Charlie Theron. Yeah, and you remember Hancock when he's like smashing into stuff and everything. Like he's always drunk and everything. Like. It's interesting. Like it's there's stuff like that where it shows the level of damage that Venom does when he's when he's off the leash by himself. Um, it's pretty cool. Mm. Now the original Avengers still maintain contact with each other via a group tra- chat, which Jeremy Renner calls Avenger Friends, according to a recent interview he did while promoting Hawkeye. So just glad to know they're all buddy buddy. The original members from the original oh, Avengers yeah, one. I'm so glad. I, I really needed. I, I was so worried. I know. I, I knew you would be rich. Um, Sorry. Now, Thank, about, thank you for putting my mind at ease. I know. Uh, you know, they people like to believe they go, you know, go over, have parties with each other and stuff, you know, like. Um, Marvel Avengers upcoming Spider-Man DLC will not feature story missions like those set in the Hawkeye and Black Panther updates. This is this a Marvel Avengers fucking game, Rich. Um, oh, the game they just refuse to let die. Yeah, and they made a big deal that there was going to be Spider-Man DLC exclusive to the PS um, PlayStation. It's mm. not even stories. It's not. There's not even any story content. It's just a playable character. That's it. Mm. Like, is wow. that still exclusive? Is it? I think it is exclusive to mm. PlayStation. I think. I find that very surprising, since they don't have enough players. I you think they'd be like, "Look, sorry, <laughs> we wanted it to be exclusive, but uh, we need more people to buy this." I think the Spider-Man DLC is exclusive. Yeah, because there was some comments that a lot of their player base now is via Games Pass on PC and Xbox. And those people can't play as Spider Man. Yeah, that's my point. Like, I, I don't, I don't. I think that's a bit silly because, mm. you know, th- those are the people technically keeping your game alive. Those are the people that would actually buy it. Yeah. Well, it is what it is, man. To me, it's a very average game. Very average game. Oh, for hell's hell's yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very shit, really. Um, Hawkeye <laughs> is set later after Endgame than any other Phase Four movie or show. <laughs> There you go, Rich. So if you want to see the future, watch Hawkeye. Mm. You know, there is it is it even more in the future than say Black Panther two, which is still to be shot. <laughs> you know, can I just say something? Um we're talking about in the future, hey. Mm. One future. thing I uh, baffles me in the Marvel universe is how quickly children grow. Right. Okay. Like look well, look how old his daughter is uh-huh. in the first movie. Who's? Uh, in, the, in the first Avengers movie, I mean. Right. Uh, um, Clint. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Look, how, look how young his daughter is. Mm-hmm. And then look how miraculously she ages by um, uh, uh, Endgame. Uh, not Endgame. Um, um, uh, Civil War? Civil, no, not Civil War. I don't uh, even know what she's in. Okay. I, I, I uh, the one before uh, Endgame. What the? Infinity. Infinity. Yeah, yeah. Infinity War, right? Mm. She goes from being like, a, I think, nine in, in the first Avengers movie to being like 16. Right. Okay. Or, you know, 16, 17 in a space of like three years. Okay. Four years. It was the same happened with Ant-Man's daughter as well. Ant-Man's daughter jumped from like eight to But don't, 15. isn't that because they say that the five-year snap happened and they didn't go through the snap, so they aged? No, 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 no. His daughter didn't. Uh, his daughter lived through the five years. Yes, but you don't go from eight 
to 17 in five right. years. Okay. Well, all right. Fair enough. I mean, I don't care. I'm really. just saying the, the children age very weird in the Marvel Universe. Is it the same actresses or not? No, no, completely different, completely different actresses. Oh, okay. So they didn't use the same actresses. Okay. Fair no, enough. no, because they, they wanted to age them up because they realized, oh, we want to use these characters as the replacements at some point. Gotcha. Right. I see. Uh, well, so, I'm assuming yeah. his daughter is the, the Kate Bishop, isn't she? In the show? Uh, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Um, potentially. I don't know. That's a good question. Do you want me to find you know, out? She's prob- I, I guarantee they'll say that probably something like she's using the alias Kate Bishop to uh, uh, like protect her or, or so uh-huh. that people don't know that she's Clint Barton's daughter or something like that. You know, like Haley Steinfeld is playing Kate Bishop. So. Yeah, but is Kate Bishop his actual, like, is it the daughter or is it a new person that is... I'll have to report back on that after I watch the show, Rich, because I have okay. absolutely no idea. I haven't watched it you, yet. You let me know. I will let you know, Richard. Because Jesus Christ, I'm really hanging on the edge of my seat for that one. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm I'm hanging out so much. That I'm not even watch like it. fuck, it's, it's so so pulsatingly exciting uh, to find that answer out. Uh, so I, 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 I'll say this. I'll say this. I'd rather watch. Uh, I'd rather watch Wheel of Time. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would rather watch Wheel of Time than 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 uh, Miss Marvel or Hawkeye or. Uh, um, any of the the Marvel current TV shows, honestly. The one I'm looking forward to is the uh, zombie show, Marvel Zombies, when that comes. I'm looking forward to that, and I do want to check out the Hit Monkey show on Hulu. Um, Hawkeye, uh, look, I, I I like the Fraction Aja series a lot, so I'm willing to give it a chance. I, I'm hoping it's good, but I haven't. Um, you know, I my expectations are kind of low. But we'll see. I could be impressed. I'll I'll, I'll have a report oh, wow. back by next week. This might this might be the first time I've heard you keeping your expectations low for something. That's nice. Yeah, well, I like you it. Uh, Sylvester Stallone will be back as Starhawk in Guardians of the Galaxy three, according to a new Instagram post. Uh, he was in two from memory, wasn't he? Yeah, they showed his alternate team. Um, uh, I think did he? I think he had a cameo in the first movie, and then yes, he actually had a a, a bigger part. Okay, I wasn't aware he was in the first movie, but he was definitely. I'm sure, in. he had a cameo in the in the first one. I'm sure. I could be wrong, but I that's how I remember it. Okay, I I I, I only remember him being the second, but you know, he, I could be totally wrong. Uh, now you'll love this Star Wars. Kathleen Kennedy teases some more projects fearing, featuring sequel trilogy characters. Uh, she says the sequel trilogy characters will return in future projects. Mm. Um, Sounds like they're not finished wasting money. So Ray. Finn, uh, Poe Dameron. All um, the people no one cares about. Wow, yeah. Like, oh, uh, I'm sorry. There are some weirdos that care about them. But yeah, no. I'm talking, uh, about, the, I'm talking about the general population, not yes. the weird not the weird people. Uh, now, uh, Ridley Scott keeps talking. Uh, apparently, um, <laughs> he's revealed... Got to stay relevant somehow. He's got to stay relevant. So the Blade Runner director revealed they're currently working on a TV series adaptation for the film. He says, we have already written the pilot for Blade Runner and the Bible, so we're already presenting Blade Runner as a TV show, the first 10 hours. However, he didn't reveal which writer is attached to the project or which network or streaming services the project is currently set up at. He revealed the same interview, uh, the Alien TV series, is also on a similar treatment where a pilot and Bible were already written and they were planning to be 8 to 10 hours. Unlike Blade Runner, the Alien TV show is set up at FX with Fargo showrunner Noah Hawley attached as the writer of the series. I'd be interested in an Alien TV series. Um, 
Yeah, for sure. More than Blade Runner, which I actually was quite bored by in that Blade Runner 2049 thing. I was like... Uh, I'm just utterly depressed at the lack of creativity in the fucking industry right now, honestly. <laughs> like, seriously, is this what we're doing now? We just, you know, at least look, uh, I don't have a lot of great things to say about Wheel of Time, you know, but at least it's the first time they adaptate, you know, doing an adaptation of sure. the Wheel of Time. Yeah. You know, I'm so fucking like, I don't need an alien TV show. I don't need a Predator TV show. I don't need a, what I want is some new shit. No, 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 I don't. I want some new shit, man. Give me some new fucking shit. How about you create something new for a change? Okay. Well, okay. Readily created the last jewel, which was a new movie. And he blames millennials for its box office failure. I want to see this movie badly. It's coming on Disney plus from December one. I did my research before the show. Uh, so that's a new project, Richard. Uh, said, I believe, in medieval times, it's got Ben Affleck, it's got Matt Damon, it's, it's got a lot of critics loving it, but it bombed, bombed hard at the get box with, office. Get with the times, Ridley. You need a Netflix deal, mate. Mon- movies don't make money. Yeah. Those type of movies don't make money at the box office anymore. But, but you're the one saying we need something new. And if I said to you, Hawkeye and Last Jewel, does that fit those bills? What will fit what bills? It's something new, like the Hawkeye TV uh, show has never been done before. Hawkeye's, Hawkeye's not new, but um, yeah, look, I, I I think the problem is, is yeah, um, uh, Ridley needs to wake up and 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 you know smell the reality is that the 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 time of the movie box office it's over, yeah. unless it's a unless it's a Marvel movie or, or something pretty big, yeah. Like the, the the days of a movie like The Jewel making bank at the box office, it's done, mate. It's done. Well, he did it it's with The Martian. Done. The Martian made big money. How long ago was that, Dave? Was oh, that pre-COVID? Four or five years ago. Yeah, it's pre-COVID. I'm talking about post-COVID. Right. Post-COVID. Those days are gone. Okay. Like people are tuning in for streaming. Like people will watch that shitty fucking rock and yeah, red because it's on Netflix. It's true. If they put, if well, I guess Last Jewel is coming to Disney Plus. Um, on December one, and I'll definitely watch it. Um, but yeah, I probably wouldn't have gone out to watch it in cinemas. Yeah, that's my point. People are more selective now, and they want to go for more. I guess uh, you'd call it event mm. movies like Avengers or Spider Man or something like that. Mm. If it's just like a romantic comedy or a drama or a you know a thriller, like, yeah, I can watch a show like that on Netflix. There's yeah. tons of them on Netflix or, or or Stan or or Hulu. They're making that content there. So I'm just saying we've we've. It's the same like you know, work is like saying, oh, you know, your sales are, the the sales of the shops are really down a bit from like previous years. And I go, yeah, because you trained everyone to buy online during COVID, you idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they had to. So now people have gotten used to that. So now if there's a deal or a bargain, and they're going to sit at their computer at home and grab the bargain. and they're not going to come into the shop all the time now. Yeah. Good point. Some still will, just like some will still go to the movies, but it's it's a different world. COVID has literally created a new type of of reality now. Yeah. And Ridley, you know, I'm sorry, man. You just sometimes you you're just the old fart who doesn't realize it. Yeah. No. Well, you're right. I mean, definitely buying patterns have changed, and it's pushed a lot more people online. And there were the early and medium time adopters, but now the mainstream well, is kind of like caught up to it. But also, don't forget, if you watch something on Netflix and you don't enjoy it, you ha- you haven't wasted anything other than your monthly subscription. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. 
every time you go to the movies and you don't enjoy a movie, that's 20 bucks, 25 oh, yeah. bucks wasted. Oh, 100%. 100% agree. So, you know, people, again, they're more selective now mm. about what they're going to go see at the movies and all that. So, you know, um, and again, a lot of people, you know, COVID has, has put a few businesses out of work. Some people have lost their jobs or, mm. you know, be forced to work from home or not allowed to work because they haven't got the job. Like, there's a lot of factors in the world now that are, that's created this new reality. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, I guess we're we're sort of still grappling with repercussions, and COVID's not essentially over. The new variants come out now too. Um, so there's a lot there's there's a lot of yeah. fear out there. Trust me, there'll there'll be any any time things start settling down, there'll be a new quote unquote variant. Yeah, you you think gotta gotta keep the masks and the restrictions going somehow. I like it, Rich. A bit of <laughs> bit of conspiracy theory there. Am I sensing? Well, didn't they announce that they were going to be lifting the restrictions like in the next two weeks? Yeah, but now the, the and now all of a sudden they're like, "Oh no, hang on a second. There's a we've just discovered this new variant in Africa." I'm like, "Great, are we in Africa?" <laughs> Great. Last time I checked, I moved to Australia. Yeah. So, uh, right. and and guess what? We know about the COVID now. We have restrictions and all that traveling. So, why am I worried about a new strain in? I believe it hit Belgium. I believe there's been they've picked up that variant in Belgium, though, Rich. So it has spread. There's been some spread in Europe. It's going to be a, a again. It's going to be a variant all the time, man. Yeah. Like anything is going to create a variant. So like, or what's it? That's it. Well, that's it. We're now we're the mass society forever now. Maybe. I hope not. Like that's it. Every time you go into a shop or restaurant now, you got to flash the. Yeah. You know, you got to flash the the papers. I am sick to death of doing that, frankly. I am you know what I mean, but that's my point. Like, I, what does it matter? Did we all survive this last variant? Well, not all of us, but most of us. You know? uh, I would say, like, when I say us, I mean the human race. Sure. All oh, right. Like, we, we we survived the first COVID, and we survived the 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 variant, the yeah. stronger, deadlier one. Yep. So, I mean, what what is exactly is that we? What are we doing here is my question. We like, could be walking we, around with hazmat suits before we know it. What's, what's the plan? That's what I want to know. Could wind up as fallout, man, where you're walking around in a hazmat suit. Hey, mate, that's where we're going. It feels like the government wants to just keep everyone, Dose you know, like, like locked up and, and in their homes and shit. Yeah, I don't scared. Know. Like, yeah, exactly. Police state. You know, every time they say that there's a going to be a, relax, a relaxation or, <coughs> sorry, slowly getting back to normal, then something springs up. Yep, yep. No, it's it's crazy, man. It's it's fucking nuts. And you know, it'll be. I mean, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of alienation uh, in our media. I think in our, in our uh, entertainment, as people get more and more disconnected. As people like me, it's possibly could they get any more disconnected, but detached. Well, I'd be I'd be honest. The the, the dangers of these like not lifting uh, the COVID and trying to keep everyone in the house is be basically going to create pod people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm sorry, but the longer this goes, and and the more we'd like, we like, we want to keep people locked down and in and and restricted, it, we're creating pod people. We're going to create people that just never leave their homes, like stay inside their home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it could be good for some people. I don't know. Maybe some people want that. I don't know. I mean, I don't mind it personally, but uh, I, I don't. But <laughs> I, I, I do mind it actually. I do like to go out sometimes. <laughs> I, I barely. I mean, I like to go to tennis. So you know, there's, there's that. I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's again, like you know, maybe they get a variant so strong they're like, got to give up sport now. 
Sport yeah. doesn't exist. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd be pissed off about that. I, I'm glad that I've been going back to the gym. Uh, Michelle and I have been doing the gym again for, for the last few weeks now. We've, we've, we've kind of got into a routine. I go twice a week. I went, went again this morning because tennis was rained out. So I'm glad the gyms are allowed back because that, that was, that was uh, sort of like a, you know, a, a sort of thing that was annoying for us because we really, you know, we're, we're going to the gym regularly. And then, of course, the gyms got cancelled because of mm. COVID. So it was it was good, good to get back to the gym. So I don't the, know. The coffee. Yeah, indeed. Now, um, what have we got here? So Keanu Reeves confirms he wants to play John Constantine again. Oh, my God, Keanu. Like, you know. Uh, yeah, at his age, I'm sure he wants to play everything. I mean, he could do John Constantine if they wanted to go. If they wanted to do that, they could definitely do it. But I wonder if they, you know. I don't know. You could do it in closed John Constantine movie. You definitely don't need to build that into too much more of a DC universe thing. I, I quite liked the first movie he did, frankly. You know, uh, it was all right. I mean, I never quite saw it as Constantine, though. If I'm being honest, yeah, I just felt it was like a interpretation or a, yeah, a yeah, yeah. homage. But I never, I never really felt like he his character was Constantine because he didn't come across as piece of shitty <laughs> as like the real Constantine. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Like he was sort of yeah, he wasn't he wasn't the all out sort of like asshole that Constantine often is, you know? Yeah, like I still felt like his character was <clears throat> was looking to help people. Mm. Whereas the 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 regular John Constantine from the comics is almost like he has to be dragged into like almost like by the collar mm. has to be dragged into getting involved or helping people. Mm. Yeah. But again, I, I still enjoyed it. I mean, I got it on. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, look, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't just dis- dislike the movie, but I don't have a problem with him coming back to that character. Yeah. I just don't see that character as John Constantine. That's all. Gotcha. I like it, Rich. You see it as someone else. Yeah, but it's still an enjoyable character. I, I, I see it as a version of Constantine. You know, like, it's kind of like the... I, I see it like a character inspired by Constantine. Gotcha, yeah. No, you I know, hear Like you. someone was making something similar to Constantine with a very similar yeah. but not the same character. No, I hear you. Now, Marvel abruptly cancelled a Luke Cage series called Luke Cage City of Fire, a miniseries, <laughs> and apparently... Uh, I was reading online from, uh, is his name David Walker? Um, that uh, apparently it seems it could have been too hot to print, basically. Too hot to actually put out there. Could have been too racial, um, potentially, I think. Might have been too inflammatory in inflammatory times. What do you think, Rich? Uh, possible. I mean, it depends. I don't know who the writer is and all that. But, I mean, what are you telling me? That he was going to paint the rioters in a negative night? It's not his work. He was just saying that, given no, how... no, 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 I'm, no. Sorry, not this writer. I mean the actual writer of the the thing that got cancelled, the, the 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 Luke Cage yes. title that got cancelled. Mm. I don't know that writer's point of view. Was he? Because the only thing I can think of that they would cancel something like that is that he was going to have Luke Cage kick the shit out of the writers. But maybe Marvel's like, no, the writers are the good people. Yeah, the I people burning know. down the city are doing it for. For point. the good reasons, we can't slander them. I don't know. Yeah, I would have thought more than likely it would have been super PC, but maybe you're right. It could have been, yeah, you, it could have been, maybe it would have been him against Proud Boys and stuff, you know? 
like oh i think marvel would print that in a heartbeat though yeah probably yeah. oh luke cage kicking the shit out of uh racist white guys oh god they'd print that like by you know by, by the the boatload if that was the story i can't see them saying that's too hot to print yeah i'm just i i don't know i don't know the content of the story i'm just wondering i mean how many comics do you see where the, the writer has to mention something about white people or white privilege or oh, yeah. You know, like I'm sorry if that if they were if he was going to kick the shit out of racist white people, I don't see them not printing that. Yeah. The only thing in my mind that they would not print it is because it was actually going to maybe give a more fifty-fifty uh, point of view where they weren't going to treat the writers like righteous people, like some people seem to want to treat them like. Oh yeah, the 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 rioter, the the rioters, sorry, aren't portrayed as the criminals they actually are. You know, yeah. Exactly, yeah. A lot of people see them as the good guys. And so maybe this book was like, no, it's more nuanced it's or... fucking hilarious. You know, the, the people... Maybe the intentions were good, but the the way they did it was wrong. And Marvel was like, how dare you? We're cancelling your book. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. I, I don't know because I don't know who the writer is and I don't know his stuff. So Yeah, interesting. Harry Green was my old friend We met in Spanish class Helped me out of a spot I was in He stopped a redneck from kicking my ass Stopped a redneck from kicking my ass Harry Green was strong and tall Played on a football team Them good old boys said You better watch out He's not what he would seem He's not what he would seem Harry Green Was alright By me Like rumor or lie 
Pontiac wrapped around an old oak tree, vehicular suicide. Harry Green had died. Sometimes I wish I was still a boy with life ahead of me. One day I'll go back and say a few words over Harry Green, over Harry Green, yeah. Now, we've got a few weekly comics, which is just what we did this week uh, due to um, Richard had a super busy week at retail, but we've plucked out some interesting ones. Now, Hulk 1 had Donny Cates uh, and I believe Ryan Otley on art duties. Donny Cates on writing duties, Ryan Otley on art duties. I really enjoyed this, Rich. Um, I, I really enjoyed it, actually. I thought this was actually very good Hulk. Um and extremely absorbing. Um, I gave it eight point five out of ten, and I, I frankly loved it. I thought it was excellent. What did you think of this one, Rich? Uh, the only thing I liked about it was the Ryan Otley art. I just wish it wasn't wasted on such a stupid story. Well, you didn't like Donny. I thought you were you were kind of feeling Donny Cates now again. You know, mm, I was feeling his venom a little bit. Yeah, but his Hulk is terrible. Not you don't like it, man. Wow. Hulk, Spaceship Hulk? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> well, that was a bit odd. Spaceship Hulk? Bruce Banner is now commandeered and he's treating Hulk like a spaceship when he's sitting I, I in a fucking it. captain's chair <laughs> on the, in, in, in the command deck and he's using Hulk to rage like an engine. I don't like, I don't understand what it. What the fuck am I reading right now? Like seriously, am I reading a Hulk book or a Star Trek book? What the fuck is going I'm on? I'm confused by the story, actually. So... But yet you gave it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I just liked the kind of like I, I I agree um, with giving you an eight point five if you're just basing it on the art because Ryan Otley is one of the best artists out the there. The art was a big factor. The art was a big factor. I'm just confused when you say he's a spaceship. Like, he, like is he inside his head? Correct. They, the way they're portraying it now is like um, the Hulk's body is a spaceship. Right. It's all been compartmentalized. There's an engine. There's a waste unit. There's a, a command deck. There's even a, a bloody locker room. Right. Where he's, where he's having a chat with imaginary Betty while he's putting his captain's Yeah, but, but is Bruce locker. really there or is it just a situation where that's why It's has... all in the mind. It's all in the mind. Right. Okay. All right. It's so fucking bizarre. It's the dumbest thing I fucking read in a Hulk. I, I misunderstood it, actually. I didn't quite realize that's what it was. I thought he was remotely controlling him. Kind nope, of. Nope, nope. That's what it looks like in his head right now. That's how he's picturing oh. the whole thing in his head, like him on a captain ship. I thought that might have been it, but I thought that just seemed so weird. Like, I thought he, like, sorry, I thought he was somewhere... And he was remotely controlling him, but he was getting images of Betty himself because he's kind of crazy. But you're saying that it's just 
the Bruce Banner component of the personality inside the Hulk's mind. Right, I, I see what Correct. it is. Okay, well, that's still interesting. Um, not really, not really. I think it's pretty... But it's not real, though, is it? Like, it's not real. He's not really there. It's 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 just that's the way the Hulk is. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's really insanity. I mean, he's even he's even got the Hulk in to almost look like a spaceship. With yeah, a bit of, like armor pieces. And yeah, I'm like looking a, at it. I'm looking some at like it. laser gun shit, like uh, mounted wrist. Well, he's, he's like, what the fuck? He's wearing right sort now? of like almost like a VR headset. That's why I thought he was controlling him remotely. No, no, he just wanted to make him look like a spy ship. Well, it's not that bad, though, man. I mean, they've always dealt with his multiple personalities and all that, you know? I don't think I've ever seen him imagine it like he's a captain, <laughs> he's a captain on a spaceship, though. That's got to be... Well, I, I'm that's standing, a new one. That's I'm, a new one. Yeah, I'm standing by my 8.5. I, I, I don't mind it. I, I, I mean, it's interesting, and I think the art's very good. Um, but... uh, I, I can be honest with you, I really... I don't like... Like, Sorry, I, what did you say? Did you say you hated it? Is that what you said? Sorry. Yeah, I, I hate it with a passion because right. I'm not a big fan. Like I, I've always imp- enjoyed Hulk as a werewolf slash Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. Gotcha, yeah. Like, I don't like this whole split personality, the personalities talking to each other, um, you know, and now he can imagine that he's locked the Hulk up in an, in, in an unescapable room where he's just pounding on the door. And he's having imaginary chats with Betty in his head because he's crazy. Like I don't, I, that, that, I don't like that type of Hulk. I like no. the, I like the traditional, you know, like, you know, I've always seen the the Hulk as like a weird werewolf. Yeah. You know, where he loses control, he becomes the Hulk, goes on a rampage, sort of stuff. Now, I don't have an issue where, like, sometimes if Bruce Banner's psyche may take over. Yeah. If if something happens, but this whole like. Imagining a like that you're on a space command deck, and you could and you and you're piloting the yes. Hulk and and treating him like a space. I that I that just seems really dumb. But but sorry, can, like, can can I say this? I, I will. I I want to say this because I I wonder if this is kind of part of Donny Cates's vision. A lot of times when people encounter severe or serious mental illness and have breaks of reality. They can believe really bizarre things and believe it to be true, you know. And, and I no 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 I I understand what you're saying there, but do they imagine themselves piloting their body like they're a well, they might they might in, in in their brain they might though is what I'm saying they might I've not heard of that I mean I've I've heard of the other stuff and I've heard of like that they uh, the their view on reality is is different and they don't know what's real but I've never heard of them treating their own body like they're a, like a spaceship and then well, I've never heard of that either compartments but... and stuff and all that like that's a that's a new one to me well well I'm confused I'm just confused by it like like is <laughs> so I I misunderstood what was actually happening <laughs> I, I actually <laughs> thought I actually thought he was remotely controlling him from another location and well, that's I... what it looks like because that's how they're doing the whole imagining that shit in his head which is uh... so weird Okay, well, let's just move on because it is it is a weird read. Now that you say that, I'm I, and I'm confused. Like, how is Hulk able to fight, but at the same time have these conversations in his head? Like, it's it's weird to me. I don't quite understand what's going on. You know, he's fighting Hulkbuster. Oh, well, I, I, hang on, hang on. I haven't read Hulk in a while. Why would you assume that he was a? 
were, were the Hulk and him separate at one point? Well, they have that been you... at times. They have been at times. No, but has he been in this? Where, is that why you thought he was controlling him remotely? Like, because yeah. they separated? Yes. I thought that Bruce Banner had somehow kind of gotten uh, you know, split from Hulk but was somehow, and I didn't really understand how, controlling him remotely. So he was like a puppet, almost. You know? Uh, okay. That's how. I, that's what I thought. But now that you say that, it makes more sense. Because Hulk was also banging on the door, which is the Hulk trying to take control. Mm. That makes more... Because that didn't make sense. I was confused, actually, Rich, to be honest, which is not a uncommon <laughs> sensation for me. Reading horror! Yeah, and I just sort of... I'm so used to being confused that I'm just like, oh, well, whatever. Like, I'll just go with it. Like, I don't really care that, <laughs> care, care that much about what's going on. But now that you say that, at least, Rich, I will say this, you've explained it for me, so I do appreciate that. Um, You're welcome. That's now, what I'm here for. Thank you. Then we had... Uh, so what did you give it out of 10? Jesus. Oh, Come this on. was a tough one to score. Uh, 4.5. Okay. Then we had but a, I hate scoring that because Ryan Otley carries his book with a heart. Like, yeah, he's what a, a wasted artist on on this. I must be honest. So you're probably not in for the long haul with Donny Cates. The the love affair with Venom was brief. Well, it wasn't, I wouldn't call that a love affair. <laughs> well, it was. It was a. You flickered. You gave him. You threw him a couple of roses during the the section. You know, you, you, he got more than he normally gets from you with Venom. You know. To be fair, I haven't read that much of his. I haven't read that much of his stuff, so yeah, okay. I, I can't really judge it on the Venom was, I think, one of the first times I'd actually really read any of his stuff. So. Mm. Okay, then we had Amazing Spider-Man two two four, which I found very entertaining. It was a good Vulture spotlight issue. Um, it was a lot of fun actually, and it was very funny how Vulture. Uh, was at the uh, at the um, retirement village or whatever it is, the health spa with uh, Nathan, Aunt May's uh, love interest at the time, and like their best buddies, they're playing poker. That Spider Man turns up, or Peter Parker turns up, and recognizes Vulture, and then Vulture's like going crazy. But I, like you know, I I didn't understand this because obviously I don't know if I was missing something because I felt that he was at the hospital. Under arrest. He was, but he escaped. So then how do people not know who he is, that he's the vulture? Do they not read the papers or check the news or anything? Well, at the retirement village, they just had no idea that he was the vulture. Like like Nathan had no idea that Adrian Toomes, because he, he actually says... No, 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 no. But Nathan was at the hospital where the cop came and the, where the, surely he would have heard that they were keeping the vulture there and he was in traction. Well, he clearly didn't, Richard, reading this. He had no idea Oh, that's at all. what I'm saying. I don't know the previous stuff. I just thought it was so weird that a character who literally doesn't hide his face <laughs> yeah, I know. at all, wears no mask, and everyone knows who the vulture is. Yes, but at the, retirement, face. at the retirement village, funnily enough, you would think the retirement village might actually almost be fans of Vulture because he's so sort well, of... That, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. You make a very good point there. That's why I just... <laughs> the whole thing was a bit weird. But I enjoyed the issue nonetheless. I mean, it's a good Roger Stern issue... Um, you know, it's just a bit of fun, but I mean, I really enjoyed it. I, I'd give it a seven point five out of ten. I think it's a good, solid Roger Stern Vulture spotlight, basically. Um, yeah, fair enough. What did you give it, Rich? Uh, I'd probably give it a six. Okay. Uh, then we had Spider Man two four eight, and I want to focus in on the boy who collects Spider Man. Um, it's probably my top ten or top five Spider Man issue of all time, where Spider Man goes to visit like his biggest fan. 
Um, I really think it's a fantastic, fantastic little issue. Uh, a lot of people consider it the best issue in Roger Stern's run. Um, I'm giving it 9.5 out of 10. I, I love this issue, Rich. It's, it's, no, I gave it 10 out of 10, actually. I think it's a, it's, it's a perfect little vignette. What did you think? I was thinking to myself, geez, that kid better die because otherwise Spider-Man's just told that kid who he is. <laughs> well, Spider-Man, you, think, you know. No, no, no. Imagine if he's like, oh, I'll tell him who I am I and he's it. dying. And then he finds out the kid's going into remission. And he'd be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, well, he'd be like, oh, God, I, mean, yeah, I hope he better, he better shut his mouth. Well, I mean, but that aside, like, what a build-up. I didn't see that twist coming. Really? Um, no, I, 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 I was like, wow, Spider-Man's uh, really revealing his identity here to this to his fan. I'm like, okay. And then I was like, oh, wow, he's at the cancer hospital. Oh, no, God, I saw that miles away. Man. Yeah. What did you give Rich out of 10? Because for me, it's a 10 out of 10. Oh, this is not a 10 out of 10. I come give on. this a 7.5. Oh, come I mean, it's on. A very, it's a good, interesting way of telling an origin story again. Yeah. It's telling an origin story in a, in a unique and uh, uncliched way. Yes. So I, I give it props for that. Okay. Uh, now, did you read Amazing Spider-Man 299? Um, um, basically, I can wrap it up. I, I read, read it all. I read it all. I'm trying to remember what the story was there. I don't think I put this one in, the, in into the drive. Uh, basically, it's the first appearance of Venom at the end, which is why I put yes. it in there. No, no, no. I did yeah. read it. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah cool. I'd read that. Oh, that's the one where he's got the dumb, goofy face and not the yes. teeth. Yes. yes. Uh, oh, it's terrible. When I got to the last page, I was like, oh, God, that looks so comical. Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't Venom's best day at the end. Uh, and can yeah. I just say the lead up issue? The lead up was just a very long and complicated story with this Chance guy. Um, I was like, I was reading, going, okay, guys, where's Venom? And then I was like, oh, the last page. I like. I must be honest. I I quite like the Chance character. Do you? I don't know why. I I can only give this one a seven out of ten. I I thought it was interesting. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, it's a, it's a seven out of ten for me as well. But I just there's something about that character that I do like. I don't know why. Yeah, well, I think it's my first time ever reading him. Does he turn up much more? Um, I've not read any. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes the odd appearance in the in the in the Spider-Man ones. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, he has made the the odd appearance. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, he was he was. New to me, and if I have read him before, I'd forgotten him. But I mean, it was interesting enough. I mean, it was it was it was compelling. But now we come to one of my favourite things that we've done on the show, which was Spider Man and Batman: Disordered Minds. James D. Mateus, Mark Bagley's artwork, Richard, is oh, absolutely. I was I was going to say this. I really, I will be honest with you. My probably one of my favourite Spider Man artists is uh, Mark Bagley. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I miss his art on Spider Man so much. He just had this great. Uh, um, his Spider-Man always looked um, uh, like just pure sinew. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like he looked strong, but not like bulky. Yes, yes. But still looked like, you know, uh, fit, wiry, strong, but not in a bulky way. I, I think he's, I'm, I, I'm flashing through this issue. I honestly think it's pretty much perfect. I, 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 I love what JM does. He contrasts the two of them, but it's more Spider-Man centric. Um, than anything, I think this is a fantastic issue, great artwork, and I'm reading a lot of Mark Bagley at the moment in the Clone Saga, and he just never lets mm, the side yeah, down. Yeah. Like he's he's fantastic, and I would recommend this. I, I think this has flown under the radar. I believe this was just before the Spider Man versus, oh, no, sorry, Marvel versus DC. Uh, James DiMatteis did two Spider Man Batman stories: one for Marvel, which was this one, and one for DC. Uh, 
uh, a few a couple of years later. I really, when we get Jay back on the show, I'm going to ask him about this uh, writing this one because I think it's a beautiful, beautiful issue. Um, and I mean, I don't know, like the uh, it, it just reading this, it feels timeless to me. You know, but what I find so fascinating about this is that there, there's um, it's it's written from the start that they exist in the same world. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? I found that so fascinating. Mm. Well, that, um, that yeah. they were like, um, no, no, it's the, it's, it's the, it's the same world. Like, yeah. Batman knows who Spider Man is. Spider Man knows who Superman is. Yep. Uh, I just thought that was so interesting. It was a good way to do a story where you're like, let's just pretend that it's a universe where everyone, all the superheroes exist in the same world. Well, in Punisher it's Batman, cool. Chuck Dixon does the same thing. In Punisher Batman. Um, Punisher and uh, Batman, it's just the same world. He he just, Punisher just goes to Gotham City. Uh, there's no sort of, you know, we're crossing the boundaries of reality or anything like that. It's just assumed. And I think it was a good, I think it's a good choice by JM because it frees him up because he, he's got to get through the whole story and he's got 50 something pages, but he's got to get through, you know, Batman and Spider-Man. Um, he's got to get through the storyline. He's got to move Carnage along, a bit of Joker. Um, he, you know, not, you, you don't have a page to waste when you're dealing with these characters. You want to make every page count. So I think it was just efficient storytelling. Yeah, and I also I also like the dichotomy between um, Joker and Carnage. Mm. Like, they're, they're characters that, te- that, like, technically they team up together, but they basically turn on each other straight away because they realize that they have far more... Um, differences than they have in common mm. like they're both they both love chaos and they both love killing people but one just wants to kill people yeah like just rip their innards out and get close you know what i mean like watch yeah. them die and the other one's all about theater yes it's about Sh- showmanship you know and stuff. poisoning them and mm. you know making them you know, suffer and and it's the long game and so i love that that is actually what they disagree on mm. Yes. And so, uh, and that actually causes a wedge between them that they don't actually end up teaming up at all, <laughs> which I just thought was an interesting, a good way of doing that with those characters. Totally agree. And the other dichotomy is between Peter Parker and Bruce Wayne, Spider-Man and Batman. Spider-Man, Peter Parker, had the love after his parents died uh, of um, Uncle Ben and Aunt May to raise him as a family and they doted on him and they gave him all the love and support and nurtured him, whereas Bruce, after his parents were gunned down, didn't have that figure. He only had Alfred, and Alfred couldn't be a whole family to him. Um, and, you know, it sort of impacts how he develops, you know? Um, I mean, kind of, but then when you also think about it, like you, you, Spider-Man actually had more reason to be worse than Batman because... Yes, he lost his parents, and then he had the love of um, uh, his aunt and uncle, but then mm. through his own decision, whatever, his uncle ends up dying. Yeah, but you know then, what I and mean? then Aunt May, like, though, can give him all the love. But I'm just saying that much tragedy, when yeah. you've experienced tragedy and then you think it's all better and then you experience another tragedy and that tragedy is your fault. Yes. but, but Or you yeah. said it's your fault. I'm just saying it, it's surprising that Spider-Man didn't... Um, become a person that's maybe even like worse than Batman in terms of like, I think that, no, nonsense, in, in, no nonsense. I'm going to take all the criminals out before they hurt anyone. Cause I'm tired of, 
you know, all the hurt in the world and all that. I'm just saying it's it's a fascinating but I look think at like JM's explanation for that, and like I'm gonna go to the page, but I believe James explanation for that is Aunt May. Um I'll go uh, But again I would I would see that Aunt May as a constant reminder. Yeah. Of 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 that failure as well is what I'm saying. So I'm just saying it's it's interesting that because uh, I look at that and think to myself like the character could have gone a lot worse. Yeah. Here here we go. Love, that's the key, isn't it? If Aunt May and Uncle Ben hadn't taken me in after my parents died, given me so much love and support, I might have grown to be bitter, angry, hard. Even after that night when I let the burglar go, never suspecting he'd later break into our house, murder Uncle Ben, I didn't surrender to despair. I couldn't. I had May as my example. She held tight to hope. Uh, to her belief that however short our time is, however many tragedies we may face, as long as we have family, people that we cherish and love, life will always be worth living. So that's why. And I pray that both Peter Parker and Spider-Man live up to her example. In essence, he's a more optimistic character. He also is anchored by the love of um, Gwen Stacy and then Mary Jane, whereas Batman has a rotating... Well, but, that, but that's later, though. I'm just saying, in his life. As he grows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're, we're talking about what sets you on that path. Well, I mean, like, let's fight, let, let's look at this. He has Uncle Ben and Aunt May, and then he has Aunt May, who never wavers. Uh, Bruce just has Alfred, the butler, who does everything he can, but at the end of the day is an employee, as opposed to a loving family member. You know? Would you agree? Uh... I guess, but the thing is, at Bruce's age, I don't think he would see Alfred as an employee. That's something an older person... Master Bruce is what he called him, as opposed to Peter, you know, the, the, the nephew. Peter, almost the son, that Uncle Ben and Aunt May couldn't have. You know? uh, again, I mean, again, that is the... Yeah, I mean, I understand that's that's how he views it, and I do... I'm not disagreeing with him. I'm saying it's amazing. Yes, Oh, that Spider-Man didn't turn out worse because his was like constant, like, I, like I'm not trying to belittle uh, a Bruce's thing, but it was one tragedy as a kid. Mm. Gun, then, gun down in front of him. Gun down in front of him. Yeah, I understand that, but my point is like, but with Peter, it's, it's, it's a bit, it was a bit more like, I feel like it was a bit more constant. Mm. Like, think about this, right? Your parents die. You go with your aunt and your uncle. You love them. They show you the love. A decision you make leads to your uncle dying. Sure. Right? Yeah. Then as you're new to this and you decide you're going to save people, whatever, you kill your girlfriend. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, that's a lot to put on a young person. Because mm. remember, Bruce started being the Batman as a man, as an adult. Mm. But, uh, Peter started that as a teenager. Mm. How that shit, like the constant, oh, my God, I'm just killing people. Everyone I love. Mm. is being killed because of my decisions how that doesn't like a, like make you a worse person or make you give into that i'm saying speaks to his character sure yeah no you're right he's a strong person peter parker i mean there's been many a page where spider-man doubts and how many times has he relived uncle ben's tragedy many times oh but how how often does fucking bruce <laughs> relive <laughs> you know uh his parents death jesus like as i said like it's... well let's I'll, I'll go to one of the scene that i really enjoyed in this which was the scene where they have the dreams i believe it's near the start and bruce has it every night whereas peter has it infrequently the dreams of the death you know 
Bruce. Yeah, but that's because Peter has tried to enrich his life, have a relationship, mm. move on, yeah. be happier. Sure. Bruce has chosen to to constantly live in misery and and not let it go. Yeah, true. So let's go here. Uh, yada yada yada. The dream. I should be used to it by now. After all, I've been dreaming it every night since I was a child. Every night, waking up alone in this cavernous house. My screams echoing back at me. Not the screams of a man, but of a boy. A boy who still misses his mother and father with every fibre of his being. But the truth is that boy died years ago, swept away with his parents in a flood of blood and bullets. No, since that night, I've been a man with a mission. And um, that's him. Whereas Peter's is... Uh, I'm just trying to find where Peter's dream is. Here he goes. The dream. Sometimes I go months without it, and then it explodes across my psyche like a bomb, pulls me out, up out of sleep, a, a scream trapped in my throat. And you have Mary Jane in bed with him, as opposed to Bruce, who has either no girlfriends or a recycling, you know, and and, and runs off as soon as uh, um, Alfred asks. Uh, Alfred comes to check on him. He's like, yeah. "Oh, got to run away." Alfred's coming to my room. <laughs> Whereas MJ, Peter, honey, you okay? Yes, sweetie, I'm fine. Just a little restless tonight. Thank God for Mary Jane, my best friend, my wife. Um. Without her strength, wisdom and strength, humor and love. Um, I do like how they've got the events of this story occur before the spectacular Spider-Man 229. I'm wondering, is that where they break up or something? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this wonderful marriage. Um, yeah, uh, go back to sleep. I'm going to read a book or watch TV. or And she's like, costumes in the laundry basket. Just be t back in time for breakfast. Um, without her, I think the world would really dissolve into chaos. So it's... Yeah, I, and this is why I say, I, I think... Uh, JM JM uh, nails it perfectly as to why I just I, I can't get on board the Batman train, right? Because I just you know he's just uh, how you how you don't want to be happy. Mm. How would you how you think that yes your parents would love you to help people, but guess what? Mm. Your parents would want you to be happy too. Sure, they would want their son to be happy to find love to 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 find someone to share his life with. Do you think they want you? running around yes they want you to help people they're not saying don't be batman but they're just saying hey maybe you could do it with a bit of a smile you know maybe you could find something to live for sure someone to live for like i just man the fact that they that guy can't let go it's kind of it's almost childish in a way i feel right yeah well you know but i guess it's the tragedy that defines his life and he then makes it his mission and yeah but but again like i don't know tragedy happens to a lot of people in the world it's true Sure. You know, I mean, some people lose their spouses, their wives, and yeah, maybe sometimes they never move on, but they try to. They weren't gunned and, down and in front of him, though. They were gunned down in front of him. Don't forget that, you know. Always an excuse for your boy, hey? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, they, you know, like they, like, I'm just saying to, you know, it wasn't a case of like he lost them even in a car accident. They were gunned down yeah. in front of him. And Spider-Man killed his girlfriend with his own hands. Oh, that that's slow down, slow down. That's very speculative. About hey, hey, he killed her. I didn't say he murdered her. He you killed her. The, he, the web came and then the neck snapped. Yeah, yeah. He he sent out his webs because she was falling, and when he did the whole yank, it snapped her neck. He didn't do it on purpose, but he did do it. Right. Well, you know, 
But I don't know. That's focusing on the very negative. Um, I'm I'm just pointing out, Spider Man has been responsible, right. not witnessed, been responsible for two deaths, and he can still try and move on with his life. Yeah, he can still pay for those things, but still want to find happiness and find love. Yeah. Like yeah. that's my point. That's but he's a more optimistic character. In Spider Man is a better character. Well, than, I don't know about better. I mean, he's different. They're not better. No one's better than the other in this no, relationship. No, I feel he's better because he doesn't succeed, but he strives. Sure. Whereas Batman doesn't. It's like Batman doesn't try at all. Mm. It's like he refuses. He, he I, no, no one must get close because I must live in my pain and my suffering and. Dream of my parents every night so I can be Batman. That's fucking childish and selfish, man. At least Spider-Man, <laughs> yes, he, he fails and his life is really hard, but he always tries. Yeah, well, Spider-Man has moments of... He has more happiness than Batman in his life, for sure. But he also feels... Yeah, he, also he, has feel... of, he has a lot of shit, man. He's lying to his aunt mm. all the time, and even when she's, like, dying or having heart attacks and whatever, he still doesn't tell... You know, uh, for a long time, you know mm. what I mean. Like he lets her think that he's a fucking terrible person sometimes. Sure. Like I'm just saying, like that. I'd feel he has more shit in his life that would make him a worse person, but he still strives for happiness. He yeah. still strives to. They are. Do... They are essentially though, just like people. They are essentially different characters. So but they my respond point is, I'm not saying that you. I'm not saying you must succeed. I'm saying you must try. Sure. And my point is Batman doesn't try at all. Well, Batman's happy in his Batcave. He, no, Bat he's not. He's not fucking happy. He's no, but miserable. some people are happy to be miserable. Some are, he treats Alfred like a piece of shit as well. But some people in life are happy to be miserable. You know what I mean? Like, they, they almost get enjoyment. I guess. But the, 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 he's like that, though. He's He's a more serious person than Peter at the heart of things. Like, he doesn't have Peter's love of life you know he he he's a different personality type really you know if i have to if you know i'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist but if you tr took it seriously you know what i mean and did a serious assessment of the characters they're not essentially that similar as people even you know it's just at the tragedy that happened to each of them does have some similarities but it, even that's different you know, it's it's a different. They're different people, essentially. Like, and they're not different people, but it's mm. not about being different people. It's about trying. Is my point. Mm. You the don't point feel I'm trying Batman to get across tries. is I don't care if Batman. I don't care if Batman never succeeds, right? At being happy, yeah, or finding love, yeah. But it's the fact that he doesn't even try. <laughs> the fact that he just wants to live in his dank cave and be miserable. And not even try is what annoys me as a character. <laughs> Spider-Man fails all the time. And again, Spider-Man's not my favorite character. It's not like I'm like, oh, I'm defending my favorite character. You've heard me complain about Spider-Man too. But <laughs> essentially what makes Spider-Man in my eyes just a better character sure. is that his failure never stops him from trying. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. He's yeah. had heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. Oh. As I said, he's literally been responsible for two deaths. Of people that he loves, and yet he oh the the green the the, the Gwen Stacy one is Green Goblin is responsible for that death, like that's I'm sorry he green is Goblin. no Spider Man tries to save her and can't, 
okay, but but Green Goblins who tore off the bridge. Let's not forget that. Yes, but I'm saying whether you again, I'm not saying that he meant to. I'm not saying that he had any other choice. But I'm saying his actions did cause her to die. She didn't die from the fall. Yeah, but it, but, but a jury wouldn't convict Spider Man of that. They convict Green Goblin. You know. No, I'm no, but I'm not talking about in a court of law. Mm. I'm just talking about from a. I tried to save her and I killed her. Yeah, you'd feel culpable for that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you, you honestly think he's going to go? Oh well, I tried to save no, her. No. She's dead. Not my problem. I'm moving on. No, it's going to haunt him forever. Sure, and it does. It you does. Know, so, but my point is, but he still tries. Whether it's an MJ or Black Cat or whatever, like the, he at least he tries. He never succeeds really, but I mean, okay, the most success he had with MJ until they did. But even then, before they did the the marriage. the um the the marriage dissolvement with that one more day thing, I mean, their their marriage was on the rocks. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like they were fighting a lot. Like they like it, you it, could see that they it, well, they probably wanted Mrs. to Ron, do that, that because they up. didn't want to get them. They didn't want their hero to be divorced. <laughs> Yeah, they were split up, actually, uh, at the start of his run, and then they reconcile. Um, yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. They didn't want to have a character. They probably didn't want to have a heroic character get divorced, so they were just like, let's just dissolve this marriage with some magic. That was a terrible idea, though, to, with Bifisto. That was a terrible idea. No, it would have made... It would have been... And again, they say that they love... Their characters are real people and real things happen to them. I said, well, then they should have got a divorce because that happens to yeah, that happens people totally. in, in the real world. It's true, man. It's true. Divorces happen to good people, you know. It ha- it happens. Not every marriage works out. Like a massive percentage don't. Um. Well, okay. Yeah. Look, I mean, fascinating discussion though. And I'm giving it an eight point five out of ten. And I love it. I love it with a passion. What are you giving it, Rich? Uh, I'm going to give this uh, probably an eight out of ten. Yeah, maybe eight. Yeah, eight point five actually. Yeah. Okay. Now, um. This brings us to the end of our show. Now, Rich, I do want to say next week is your choice. Um, no, 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 no. You can you can take that pick. You don't want you don't want you have still haven't thought of one. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll pick one. Uh, no, you know I've been I've been so busy this week and the sales sure. still going until Tuesday. Sure. Okay. The last thing I want to be thinking about right now is is what my pick is. I'd rather do it the following week when I've got a bit more time and okay. Um, no worries, I'm, I'm a little less tired. Okay. Well, it's going to be a Spider-Man. I can tell you that much right now. No, shock horror. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, utterly shocked. Dave. Yeah. You thought, have shocked me to my And I even and... think I know what it'll be, but I'm going to confirm that to the listeners and you tomorrow, but it will be a Spider-Man. I'll give that teaser. Um, <laughs> now... I do want to say thank you very much to all the listeners. Thank you to you, Rich, for, for coming in on such a busy week as well. That's um, That was much appreciated. And, um, look, please uh, support the collective. You've got you've got people like uh, Ray doing Into the Night and Last Sons of Krypton. Um, you've got all sorts of stuff. You've got Capes and Lunatics on there. There's so many good shows on this collective network, and you can you can see them all. If They, have, they share a group on Twitter. They all share each other's thing. There's uh, a Facebook group. Um, in terms of Signal of Doom, be very much appreciated if you could support the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. Um, any money you give is appreciated. It goes towards show hosting costs. We have more exclusive episodes that are going to be shortly coming up. And, yeah, we have a ball on there. And I really would appreciate anyone who thinks about it. Like If they enjoy the Signal, if they love the Signal, want to keep it blazing... Look, we really appreciate that. Now, Rich, have you got anything you'd like to announce, anything you'd like to say, or are you just ready for bed? 
Rooting for Burnsy. I thought you'd be but rooting for Burnsy. But I appreciate all the fans out there that listen and tune in and all that stuff. We'll oh, that. of course, man. And, um, but, and, I'm, but I'm really tired to do any promotion. Like no, that's okay, Rich. And I, I think it's time for Rich to hit the sack, have a good night's rest, because you've got, you've got Black Friday, and then we all know Christmas, Rich. Yeah, you, I've uh, still got more days of Black Friday to go. Black Friday's just Mary, dragging on. Fucking hell, the Americans are so lucky that they only have to do this bullshit for one day. <laughs> I love it. What a way to sign off. You reckon are so lucky. <laughs> Said with such disgust. <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's, look, it's a terrible day, but at least one day. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. You I know, you, you get through that and you're all good. And But no, I've got to like, I've got to work in overtime for a whole week. I know, it's craziness. Look, on that note, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night.